This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com. Ian Bolton. It's the 10th of June! Welcome to the show, 4.30pm today. We have Chico in the studio to chat about the 48-hour fitness party. Sounds utterly intolerable. (laughs) Then at 5pm, Juno Dawson is in the studio to talk about her latest book, Meat Market. Which is released released on May the 30th. It's released on May the 30th, that's what it says on my screen. Then at 5.30pm, Radu Isaac is in mm-hmm. the studio to chat about his comedy show. Returning guest. Good excuse. So is Juno. Yeah, Juno, two returning guests But Juno was on the phone. That's very true. Well done, yeah, very sorry, true. Sorry, Radu, um, your introduction got ruined by Nat interrupting. Sorry, sorry. You're telling me all details about yeah, the last no, time I, I interviewed Radu. Because he taught us to swear in Romanian, and then we called Connor, swore at him down the phone. And then, Connor Wallace? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we swore at him down the phone. And then we thought that I might have to marry Radu because of the Brexit situation. Right. So I don't know if this is the wedding today. I, I don't, don't remember know. any of this. Okay. I believe that it... I mean, it happened. I can understand us calling Connor and swearing yeah, at yeah, him. Yeah. Didn't you say Connor had unfollowed Fubar? He has, yeah. Oh, has he's, got, he's got several accounts. Probably, I'll have to check on the other one. I wonder if he's unfollowed me as well. I don't know. Let's have a look. <sighs> Scandal. There, partners, it's time for the show. Is Ian it the hoe down today? On Food Bar Radio. No, no, not at all. Howdy. Just wasn't concentrating. Oh, right, okay. that That's good first, to know. That, that was the first thing I thought of just then. I'm a bit distracted because Reese Finley, the uh, comic book artist, has mm. sent me his book. It's nice. Got it today. Nice. Big package. Thank you. And um, he, I did some trading card. I did a drawing for a trading card for him to put him with it. It's nice. And um, it is nice, I but f- do you know what? I wish I'd had like a bit more time. I wish I, that's not his fault. I didn't no. give myself enough time. I did it in one evening. Right. And when I see it, now I'm like, oh, I changed that, I changed that. One of the eyes seems a bit out to me. Okay, would, it looked I would, fine. I would change it myself. It looked fine to me. Well... I thought it was me as well. You're hardly in a position so. to... It's definitely not you, Nat. Oh, okay. I, uh, I saw a little documentary the other day about... Oh, God, I forgot his name. He's really well known. Who is he? Uh, he is a movie poster artiste, Graham Humphreys. Oh, Graham. Um, and he, I chatted to him recently. Uh, I met him at a thing. Really nice bloke. His price structure is slightly out of whack with what I can afford for the Powerpuff movie. Okay. And John Beck's done a nice poster anyway. But it would have been nice to have a Graham Humphreys mm. poster. He's very famous. Did Evil Dead and things oh, like right, that. Yeah, Fred's yeah. Revenge and all them sort of things. Um, and I saw a little documentary about him. It's very interesting because in that he said that the thi- one of the things he has on his desk when he's drawing is a mirror, little mirror. And what he uses that for is he looks at his drawing in the mirror. 
Mm-hmm. Because if you look at something in the mirror, that's where you get a clear indication if there's a fault on it. Oh, okay. If you're drawing something, you, you stop seeing... It's yeah. like an optical, an optical illusion. You stop seeing the fault. But if you hold a mirror to it, mm. you would see it more clearly then. I thought it was really interesting. That is interesting. But I didn't do that when I drew that trading card picture. Well, Maybe well, I should have done. I've got a mirror in my house as well. Should have used that. Just the one. I've got... Um, hang on, let me work it out. How many I've got? I've got one in the bathroom too. Do you know what? I've got loads in the bathroom because I've got a wall of mirrors in my bathroom. Oh, okay. The, the tiles. Bath. The yeah, little yeah. tile mirrors. Yeah, so yeah. there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of them. One like shaving mirror thing, nine. That comes out the wall. The pool. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I put, really put it in myself. Yeah, you can so pull, it, pull it right to my love face. Love um, And there's one on the bathroom cabinet. So that's ten. Just in the bathroom. In that room. Okay. Then we go, let's take ourselves downstairs. There's a mirror at the front door. It's 11 on now. At the side, it's 11 that we're on. Uh, there's one in the living room, a circle mirror circle above mirror the fireplace. 12. That's 12 that we're on now. Mm-hmm. I don't have one in the bedroom. Weird, why? Or maybe not weird. Why would I want one in the bedroom? For what? Well, I have one, so you, so you can do, yeah, make, so what, so do you makeup and stuff. So you can stand there and squeeze stuff. your tits in front of it. That's what, that, yeah. And go, ooh, Nat, yeah. you're so sexy. That's the tit mirror. But yeah. then I have the makeup mirror too in there. So you what if your tit mirror is them eight tiles, what I've got. That's, uh, that's what more than know. eight. More okay. than eight. Um, so you've got your tip mirror. Yeah, yeah. The makeup mirror, the hair drying mirror. I mean, they're all the tip mirror in a way, aren't they? The shoe mirror. Yeah. Have you got a shoe mirror? Got to check. You've got to check a different length. Have you genuinely got a shoe mirror? <laughs> like in the um, shoe shop, you know, and they just have them on the floor. It. That would be great. If you had one of them, like in a Clark's. I would love to get one. <laughs> just look at your feet before you leave the house. No, I think that's quite good. I'd actually genuinely like one of those. Do you choose your shoes? What do you mean? Or do they choose me? What no, do you mean? No, I mean, do you choose your shoes of a morning? Uh, if I've got time. I have two sets of shoes on the go at any given time, okay. right? I have my trainers, my traditional white trainers, my mm-hmm. DCs, and I will have some boots yeah. on the go, right? And the trainers invariably wing, so I'm, I'm normally like, oh, I can't be asked to put my boots on, I'm just going to put my trainers on, they're more yeah. comfy and stuff. Um, that's what I have. So that's my choice to make of a morning. I've got a lot, though. Have you? Like the Converse and then... Other shoes, espadrilles Converse for summer, the boots, other shoes. the boots. Yeah. Do you, How do you choose it? Uh, what about me, Nat? Come on, say <clears> a bit about you. Uh, maybe, like, what I'm wearing, the colour scheme. Right, what's your colour scheme today? You've got a lot of blues going on. Mm-hmm. And green. Touches of green. Blue and green. Well, it's quite a lot of green on the shirt. Well, there's a lot of blue on the trousers and, and a lot of and blue the on top, the bust. On the, on the boob. Yeah. So my shoes are like that. Right, really different. <laughs> 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 so lots of green and blues, and her shoes are cream and multicolored speckles so on it. So zhuzh it up a bit. To zhuzh it up. To be honest, today I was in a hurry, and I, thought, I knew I had to get my train in four minutes, so just I just like, there were the ones near the door. Mm. Is what I did. Well, that's good. What's your summer shoe attire like? You'll, about, you'll have to say all of that again. What's your summer shoe attire what's like? What's my summer shoe attire like? I've just got my trainers on. So you, the boots go into the cupboard for the winter? They don't go in the cupboard, they're there. The thing about the boots, right, the boots will give me another inch. That is true. Well, you can get a stacked trainer, Spice Girl style. I could do. Or... But I wouldn't. Uh, the... <laughs> I think it's too hot at the moment and I'm too tired to wear boots. Okay. That's how I feel. <laughs> too tired to wear yeah, I boots. I can't. Well, they're laced, but oh, you don't yeah. have to lace and they've got a zip up the side. Oh, fine. So really, but That's even lazy. pulling that zip up is too much hassle. Wait, you've got to do a lace up on a trainer. Don't undo them. Never undo them. Oh, really? Yeah. Kick them off, put them back on again. I see. Now, how would you feel about no lace, no, just a, an espadrille for summer? Just a slip-on like. slip shoe? Invariably, Natalie, those are the sorts of shoe that are very flat, and I don't they like are. a flat shoe. Now, that's nothing to do at all with my height. It genuinely isn't. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really care. And I said before about an extra inch. I don't care about what height I am. I'm uncomfortable, though, 
with my feet flat on the floor. Ah, do you have flat feet? No. Because there are, I know some people that have that that need something, it hurts their arch and the foot, yeah. yeah. No, I don't have flat feet. Uh, but I feel, when I go swimming, which I've not been for, I think, about a year now, mm-hmm. um, I've got some, again, DC flip-flops I've got. And even just walking from the changing rooms to the pool in them is like, I don't like mm. this. Okay. Don't feel nice. So do you have to wear a slipper, a raised slipper in your house so no, you don't, don't go I don't flat? wear slippers. You just go barefoot? I invariably, this is a good start to the mm, show. It's good, yeah. it's got us It's a shame yeah. we're not doing a live show to get people to call in we and tell us about their, their shoes. Shoe. Yeah. Um, I don't wear slippers. I have some slippers, but I knacker them within a week. Well, okay, I just what are you do. doing? I just crush them and knacker them and okay. they stink and all that sort of thing. Yeah, they do get a bit smelly. What I use instead of slippers, either barefoot, fine, my house is clean. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I have an old pair of DCs that I might just slip on if I wanted to go and put a bin out. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You wouldn't go out barefoot to the bin, would you? Oh, I forgot to bring in the recycling box. Mm -hmm. I'll go down Mm -hmm. to the road and get that. Okay. But I don't like to spend too long in trainers without socks on. Oh, no, because they they make it, they do stink too. Which is why I use an old pair. Right, okay. Rather than a new pair. Well, then can I ask you... There's methods to my madness. How do you feel about people if they come to your house? Don't like them. Just generally, get out. <laughs> don't like them but at all. what kind of bothers me, and it's in summer more than anything, is if someone comes over, I do like the shoes off option in a house, but it's if I see bare feet everywhere and I'm like, oh, I don't like that. So would you, if I visited your house, would you ask me to take my shoes off when I came in? I wouldn't insist on it, no. I didn't say insist, would you ask no, me No, I to? wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I do, I would. I'm, I'm uncomfortable with taking my shoes no, off in someone else's house. I can get that, actually, because it feels a bit, you're like, oh, I didn't know, maybe I've got a hole in my sock or something. I'm not bothered about that. I just, it just feels like I'm, I'm not switching off like that right but this what, isn't my house what if some people do what if they came to your house sat on the sofa bare feet everywhere and then yeah. put their feet up on the sofa right. i'd have to throw them out well again it's how many people do you think come to my house it's, not, it's, many, it's yeah, not an o- it doesn't happen very often at all no. and it's postman really and he's not going to come in and do it is he well you don't know what's he where's he now he is a bit over familiar sometimes mm. my postman like sometimes he is mm. in um, what way well sometimes um, I used to leave the door unlocked and I don't anymore. Of course. What decade are we in? Well, I think that the door... Well, you, you've seen where I live. It's out yeah, of the way Yeah, but even so, that's where a lot of... I've seen enough horror films to know definitely lock a door in the country mm, more than mm, anywhere. But they're not real now. Mm. But the thing is, is I now do lock the door. Because I live on my own now. Yeah, so course, I, so yeah. I, I do lock the door. I don't know why I thought previously I was safer because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't but it just felt more comforting to okay. have someone else there yeah, of course, in yeah. terms of like oh yeah don't leave the door it's fine it'll be okay mm-hmm. now I do lock the door but if I've ordered something to be delivered or he's delivering a parcel or whatever the postman now he seems to be a bit he's not arsy because he does it in a passive aggressive way he laughs when he says it and he goes oh the door's locked oh right okay <laughs> like that like, yeah, it, it went, Sorry, but your door's locked oh right and it's like what did you I, just walk I in know. <laughs> No, I don't think a postman no, walking in. No, he used to just open the... It's a little hall. So he used to just open the... There's a little... What they call that thing on the front of my house? Porch? Porch. Hmm. There's a little porch. Um, so he used to leave stuff in there. Okay. And fine. also, if I get up and remember, I will go and unlock the door anyway. Yeah, yeah. If only just so that I have a row on the postman. <laughs> yeah. um, there we are. I've had uh, ongoing issues with the recycling as well. What What was the issue? Just still leaving stuff. What's that you wrote down? No, I just wrote down something to remember later. Chris... Uh, not not Chris- a name... The name that I'm not going to say... Christ, Christabel, Christabel. Christabel. What, what was it about? No, it was just something that just somewhere where I went to recently, and I had a hell of a time in this local village. Right. Who was described to me as darling buds of May, but it was more like village of the damned. Right. I can't. Maybe that's. And why, super, so why have you wrote that down? Because it just to remind me to say it. All right. To well, talk you, about shall it. I put a song on there? Yeah, you can put talk a song. About yeah, it. yeah, please. 
right, let Terrific. me. Do, I'm not even, do you know what? I'm not even looked at the playlist today. Okay. Let's have a little look what we've got. Has Chico not got any other song apart from it's Chico time? Why would you need anything else? No, but as he, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we find a different one and play okay. a different one? I think that'd be nice. Do you know what? I think if I was Chico, and again, I'm being presumptuous, but if I was Chico, I think I would be like really touched if, if I went do. and did an interview it's and right. they didn't play Chico time. All right, okay. Well, we'll have a so look. So I think we'll we should not play Chico right. time. Unless he insists on it or says, like, I really want you to play Chico I'll, time. I'll just say to him, you don't need to. And just you get don't to sing it. No, he doesn't need to. He, well, need he to wants to. It was like ten years ago, it's possibly a big longer. Hit, big hit. Let him get on with his life. He's doing all his thinking now, famous, isn't he? Isn't it? I'm really struggling to pick a song here. I'll put this one on. So we were talking about. Oh, fucking hell, Matt. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hit that symbol like that. That was the sounds of Akadaka. We were talking about about, um, various uh, right wing and left wing commentators on Mm -hmm. radios and things. And Mm. I I said to you that I thought that LBC didn't have any left wing commentators apart from James O'Brien. They do. They've got Eddie Mayer and they've got Sheila Fogarty and they've got Clive Ball. So it is actually when you go through. It is balanced up. It is balanced. I mean, they've no obligation to be balanced, have they not? No. They don't have to be, apart from during an election period. Well, the presenter has to rein it in a little and can't say, for instance, vote for this person. Right. Not allowed to. But is that not tacit, though, when someone's. If someone's a standing candidate, like Farage was. Well, then, if you're running, then you're not allowed to be on air during the election period. Oh, so was he not? Uh, well, he wasn't running at that point, was he, when during the last know. elections? No. And he's no, just, but these, these elections he's, just gone. He's just come into the Brexit party, isn't he, to take over it or whatever. But he, well, I don't think he was on air then, no. Oh, was he not? Okay. And Julia Hartley Brewer, you said, wasn't on... She's on talk radio. Is she on, on, doing the breakfast she show? She does do the breakfast show, Good yeah. Christ. <laughs> she does do the breakfast show. That must be an awful way to wake up. Now, here's the thing. I'm not... Um, I'm not a condemner of Julia Hartley Brewer, okay. believe it or not. I'm a condemner of uh, many of her opinions and her, yeah. the way she conducts herself in terms of statements that she might make. Right. However, and this does matter to me as well, to mm-hmm. me personally, I worked with her and she was impeccably well-behaved and very welcoming. Okay. Like, you know, I didn't get any sense at all of her being nasty. No. To, certainly not with me anyway. Right. And we were diametrically opposed was in terms of what we believed. That was on Sky, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't. I wasn't well up at that point on what her politics were. All I knew was she was sometimes on LBC. Yeah. Doing cover, generally speaking, she is what she did, used to do. I believe. I actually, I think maybe she did a regular show for a bit. I'm not did entirely, she? Okay. I'm well, entirely sure about e- that. Either way. Yeah. I didn't particularly like her on the radio. I remembered okay. that. But when I got it, was my first time doing Sky, and she was very. She really showed me the ropes, and she really, yeah. you know, she was properly. She had, she had a metaphorical arm around me, as mm-hmm. it were. Not that that counts for aught if you're a horrific racist or anything like that. Okay. But. I'm just saying that is my experience of the person rather than the yeah, image. Yeah, of judging somebody how you find them. Is, is and a bit more balanced. I think it's also uh, entirely possible and, and will happen throughout your life to have people that you meet that you get on with who, who don't agree with you politically yeah. or in other way. Now, obviously, as you said... Yeah, Connor, so why are you on following through? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it's not, it's not Connor. If I've not called you out, Connor. Yeah, well, I don't know that he has. He was one account. He's got several Connor, you've really got, upset everybody here. It's ruined, it's ruined the show, Connor, to be honest. He's, he won't even be listening anymore now, will he? I don't He's know. He's got to tidy his image up, mate. He has. 
It's got to erase the past. It's got to get rid of it. You won't be... Well, you're a bit too left now, aren't you? Who, me? Yeah, or even... I'm nothing. You're nothing. Oh, don't do yourself down like that. You're everyone's something. <laughs> I'm not anything. Everyone's. I think everyone's a cunt. I will say, though, if it, if it is someone with extreme racist, homophobic... Uh, any phobic views yeah. then okay then it's fine to go although even people who um, views that I completely disagree with in terms of immigration or race I've met yeah. and thought oh, oh and then suddenly you think oh my god no actually I remember what they believe in because they're being quite nice and you feel like yeah. oh, I'm getting on with them now then yeah. you remember some of the things they've said and it sort of tricks you for well, a minute well here's the thing right here's the thing with this I would have said in my youth in certainly early 20s and stuff I would have said that somebody be, being Tory mm-hmm would be a stumbling block for me in terms of that. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't feel that I could even have any, any relationship with them because I would think that a fundamental within them was something that I abhorred, right? And by being, to- I'm saying being to in the loosest sense of the word. So somebody mm. that subscribes to many of those views and, and is very out for themselves yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's that, that idea, right? Um, what I'd say is that I, then as I got a bit older, I thought, do you know what? I bet some of these people are really charming and really nice when you meet them. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't true. Okay. So I, I worked with the Hamiltons, for example. Fucking... Didn't like them, did you? Like, no, well, I didn't. Even Louis Theroux... And it was, wasn't what I was bringing to it myself. It was how they were behaving. Yeah. But Louis Theroux's documentaries, when he used to do it with different people, yeah. you could sort of see some qualities that he would be like, okay, even... even could you really? Could you? E- well, with, with... I was thinking, even with... Savile you maybe yeah. you were like when you watched it at the time were like oh okay it's a bit weird but I can see what oh, it turns out I thought weird. it was an age programme yeah yeah but yeah. with the Hamiltons I f- was watching it thinking this is just quite uncomfortable kind actually. Of even, even for Louis he doesn't seem to be yeah. uh, entirely comfortable with it either and I feel like he probably didn't keep in contact with them well afterwards. I got I, the feeling I got from it was that Hamilton was Neil Hamilton was thick that's, that's what I that's the feeling I got from did it did you yeah that he was just dumb but he, right. might, he might again might be playing it that way but I thought he was just dumb. Yeah. And I thought she was just fame-hungry as well. That's, that was the feeling I got. But then she would be the one smarter because pushing him into the position But of... she seemed to be that she seems to be the Lady Macbeth of the two, yeah. is, okay. is how it came across Yeah, to me. I think that's how it seems. Uh, but there's a caveat to this, because pretty much every Labour politician I've met as well has also been a dick. Right, OK. When I've, when I've met them Have in real life. Have met a lot? Met some pretty high up ones. I tell you who I met who I really liked. Which I'll name them. I met John Prescott and I didn't, didn't like, like him at him. all. No, and I, thought, I really thought I would. Okay. Yeah, it, I would assume so. Do you know what I mean? So. You'd you think know, that would be a guy, yeah. yeah, you and him working I class. really didn't like him at all. I found him really, really phony. Is it, that's, okay. Again, these are all my own judgments of it. It's not. I'm not saying he is, but how I felt at the time when I was there, Yeah. that was my assessment of that situation. Okay. I, I thought, oh, he seems really disingenuous and really phony. Could it be possible as well you, that you think you might meet someone on a bad day? Uh, well, absolutely, Could yeah. be. Who yeah. else have you met that you haven't liked? But, here, again, there's a caveat to that. Oh, okay. You can't have a bad day when you're doing a TV programme. Well, if you are, you should cancel it, shouldn't you? You well, shouldn't you, go on TV. I was say you should cancel it. But if, no, but, no, but, if you're a guest, I But mean. you're then you're, you're then on. So, so you should, you be, should on. be able to switch so it So you on, should yeah. be able to. If you're having a bad day, rise above that. I can't do it. I, I won't be able no, to do that. I, I'll sulk. But that should be, if you're a politician particularly, you should be able to glaze over that. I okay. met Jeremy Corbyn last week. Oh, and you sent me the photo of him. Yeah, yeah how was he? I met him by accident. Yeah. Um... I'll tell you the full story of it. Tell mm-hmm. what happened. I was staying in London because I went to see Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed. Yep. Really enjoyed it. Like, there's no point promoting it now. It's finished. No, but, but Twilight Zone, the play, the treat. you should say, it, it was, it was really fantastic. Good. Really liked it. 
And then uh, at the hotel, I'd noticed that there was a little park next to it. Well, I can say where it was now. So it was at Vauxhall. Okay. And there was a little park at the side there, which had a little cafe. Mm-hmm. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go there tomorrow and do my Patreon. I'm going to write my Patreon there tomorrow. Because I tried to do it on the train down, and it was yeah. murder. Yeah. I was like, I'll go, I'll go there. I'll get a coffee. I'll sit down. And I'll just have a bit of time where I'm not rushed. I was going to meet John Bett later on. I had a meeting later on as well. And I was like, right. I'm going to go do that. So I went there, all quiet, got myself coffee, sat myself down, and then just filled. The whole place filled. Mm-hmm. And it was all people, la- uh, labour rosettes and stuff. I was like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. All the places. And then Corbyn just wa- like, walks in. Right. Did everyone part the way for him? And K- he was high-fiving everybody. Kind of. It was kissing kind of babies like that. on the head. But here's what the thing is, right? I spoke to him briefly because I said, Am I, I say, is it okay for me to take a photo? Yeah. Um... Because I didn't want to just start taking photos. I said, is it okay? So yeah, and yeah. he said, yeah, that's, that's fine to take a photo. Or, he, or he, he didn't even say it like that. I've given him manners there. He went, yes. That's oh, okay. what he did. Oh, yeah. So, took the photo. There was another politician there with him who I don't know what his name was, but I could show you a photo of him mm-hmm. and you might be able to say who he is. Okay. And he had a rosette on that the Labour bit of it had fallen out of. Oh. So it was just blank. And they were about to do press photos. And I said, excuse me. I said, you might want to put another rosette on because if that, you get, if that photo is taken... Someone will just fill the end for you online and it'll yeah, say all manner of things. Good thinking, good thinking. Right? And he went, No, absolutely. He went, they, they will. They went, Thank you, thank you. And this lady went, No, thank you. That's a really good spot. And I went, It's all right, it's all right. And um, afterwards he went, I presume you're the sort of person that would have done that for you to spot it. And I went, No, quite the opposite, mate. Yeah. But you know. But you know how Twitter but works. I, I know so, how it works. Yeah. So I chatted a bit more generally with them and Corbin was a bit, he seemed, I mean, he was busy. But he, you know, he seemed a bit sort of like not, didn't want to be bothered with all that. And that's fine. And I was writing an article about autographs, quite by chance. Whoa. Well, that was weird. That screen just moved. Your computer just fell down. Where's the ghost? Um, I was writing an article about autographs, about collecting yes. autographs and how I have no shame about that. And how I find, you know, people go, oh, you get autographs. It's like, no, I yeah. think it's a really nice thing to have. And, uh, you know, and not momentous. a lot of people do these days either, I well, don't I think do. so, yeah. Just got Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse's book nice. signed. Very nice. Um, so I said to his campaign manager however it was and I said listen I've been writing this thing this is what it is and I showed her and I said I thought it might be quite nice because what this article's now become about is how I can't write the article mm. because I'm being bothered and stuff because it's you know everyone's around me Yeah. so I thought it might be quite nice at the end of this for me to have Jeremy Corbyn's autograph mm-hmm. saying sorry for interrupting your article or whatever right Yeah. and she went oh I don't know if we'd be able to do that or not I said well it's fine if you can't but you know he was signing autographs with other people yeah he was right, and I went right. you know I just thought I'd ask anyway she went let me ask some, I'm going to go and ask this other lady um, but I can't promise anything. And then she had a chat to me about politics and stuff. And I said I was disengaged and blah, blah, blah. Then she came back and she went, no, as I thought, um, we can't do an autograph, Why? unfortunately. No idea. Well, he'll have a photo taken, but he won't sign something. Well, I mean, giving it the benefit of the doubt, mm. I presume it's something perhaps to do with how that can then be manipulated. Oh, okay. So if I've got an autograph saying sorry for something from Jeremy Corwin, then that can get screen grabbed and sorry, Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, do you know sorry, what I mean? you, sorry about Brexit, You can do all Jeremy manner Corbyn. of things with yeah, that, yeah, can't yeah. you? So, well, so but, he was all right. Well, just like not, I was I was surprised mm. at how. Um, what's the best way of, of saying this without being libelous or slanderous in some way? Think it through. No, I, I will do. I'm, just give me some time. Okay. Should I say who I met in the whilst who I liked a in lot? In a minute. It's doing oh, my whilst story you're thinking, you're thinking. Well, no, I was, I was, well, well, I'll tell you again. So again, with the caveat of yeah. this is my this is how I read it. This yeah. doesn't mean this is true. This is how I read it. Um, don't panic. I'm no, not, okay. not going to say I thought you felt a bit like a paedophile. Don't don't no, worry about it. That's not okay. what I'm going to say. No, no, well, no. Right. What I'm going to say is, 
kind of robotic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that's kind of, a lot of that's a lot of politicians, though. I think. I get I'm that. not sure that it is. I think I think politicians. Uh, Theresa May, I definitely think is is on is ro- a robotic in her style. Fair enough, but I think the, there are politicians who also thrive on personality and thrive on character, and that, right. I think that's a big part of being a politician. Like Prescott, for example. So John Prescott mm. sold himself to me on being like. Yeah, fuck him. You know that that right. sort of thing. Well, wouldn't you not have said Blair was quite robotic? But he wasn't. But he wasn't like that when I met him. When ah. I met him, I thought that he was more like there was a bit more. He was more considered. I thought and more. Okay. The image felt considered to me. But I thought Blair had. I didn't know his personality. I thought he was very much robotic in style. No, I think I think one of the things that championed Blair certainly one of the things, one of the makings of Tony Blair in the initial yeah period of, of his power was how he responded to Diana's death. Uh, How he responded to Diana's death was was what galvanised him Mm. because he did come out, not like the royals had with a very stoic statement. He came out and just spoke quite warmly and passionately and you know mm. that's how it came across whether that was I mean obviously that was all written down anyway yeah, I, I course, presume yeah. but it seemed like he'd just done that off the top of his head so I would say that his personality was key yeah to you know because okay. when you boil it down to what Blair actually was yeah he was about as far away from socialism as you could get in, re- course, in reality yeah, which is why I got in with Labour isn't it because we weren't into that well there we go Sorry, Chico's parking finishes at two, so he needs to leave by then, I've just been told. Um, Fucking obsessed with time, I will say before we go to a song, is I met Tom Watson, really liked him. Really liked Tom, Tom Watson. What? I, uh, Tom Watson! Oh, I thought you were saying... I, was, I always hoped he'd be in charge and not oh, Corbyn. Oh, I thought you meant Tom Lofty Watts. No, I love it if he was, actually. <laughs> Tom Lofty Watts. He used to butt heads with him. It's Chico time, let's go. <laughs> That was a cheeky little number, that cheeky. was. Finishing all quickly like that. Talking I wasn't expecting that. I literally just looked up and went, oh shit, six seconds. <laughs> Talking of cheeky, happened. though, it's now... No, it's Chico. Chico. Cheeky Chico. Cheeky Chico. That's yes. it. Do you want to go with... Is that what we're going with? We're going cheeky with che- Chico? Cheeky Chico. That's exactly it. Today yes. I'm Cheeky Chico. As if Chico... Cheeky Chico, Chico talk into the mic. That's as if, can we shut that door, please? As if Chico wasn't a good enough brand in itself, you've added Cheeky to it. That's it. I know two ladies who'll be very upset about that. Oh. Why? I know two girls that will think that they've got the trademark on that. Okay. Well... What? We no, share, I was just telling like. his mic up a bit, that was all. Okay, Nat's doing some technical stuff. How are you, man? Do you know what? I feel alive. I'm grateful to just be breathing, to be honest. That's <laughs> a good start. Well, do you know what? I didn't know about this. Nat just told me, like, earlier on, yeah. that you had a bit of a scrape with death. Yes. Seven months ago, I had a, right. what you may call a near-death experience, not realising it was a stroke, thinking it was yeah, a spiritual stroke. Yeah, yeah, major stroke, like a, a 50 pence blood clot in the right hemisphere on my brain. Okay. Oh. Uh, thought that it was a, a spiritual experience and right. of course it wasn't um, yeah. because when your left arm starts going numb and you start going and everything starts to go you should actually take um, you know you should remember the fast advert which yeah, is yeah. you know look yeah. at your face is your arm going funny you know speech uh, and time or tongue mm-hmm. you know and all of those things were happening but um, 
I think my ignorance at the time saved me because uh, I, 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 in my head, I was going, strokes only happen to people who don't look after themselves or, yeah. you know, maybe slightly senior or, or, yeah. or not. I didn't think people that worked out with fitness fanatics with a six pack at 47 will have it. That's, so the, well, I, that, so that's the weird thing, isn't it? Because I'm like, I'm a little bit younger than you, but not much. But I'm like, I'd be a dead cert for a stroke, surely. Well, well touch wood that no, don't want to well, say that and put it out if there. If it do happens, you? it happens. But, <laughs> but the, do you know, I understand. But you know, I, I would certainly have, have had you down as like, no, he's super fit, that dude. He, he'll have a straight when he's sixty-seven or uh, eight, well, whatever. Or. You know, and, and you're probably not. But you see, uh, again, this is the misconception of, of of this. It can happen to literally anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what we're talking about there is. Uh, Prevention, for me, prevention is better than cure. That's probably yeah. why we're doing this whole fitness thing, uh, um, Weekend at Pontins. But it's about highlighting that this could happen to anybody, yeah. but also you can do certain stuff to help it because it's a, 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 a great percentage is a lifestyle. Okay, yeah. so what would be, so it's it's called the 48 Hour Party, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 48hourparty.com. And what does that actually entail? Well, it's kind of like um, we're calling it a Ch- Chico's Block Fit Party. And what I've done okay. was um, we um, collaborated with Pontins, basically. And what we're doing is I'm inviting the whole fitness industry. And I'm not just talking about the industry from a physical point of view, because there's, again, that misconception. Yeah. Everyone is buying to the outside, which is the physical, which is a six pat and a J-Lo butt. Yeah. And what we're saying... Not quite everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just, uh, I'm going to pull you up. Hey, there I, is, there is a six pack there, go just under a few dinners. Yeah, more <laughs> it's not, um, I'm a very muscly man. I've said this before, I'm a very muscly man, but it is very buried. But I, was, I used to be super, like, no, that's not Ooh. true. I don't know why I was going to even no, lie. I was going to be super fit. I wasn't super, but I was physically super fit. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't look super fit, but, but I, I played sports. But, and but can else. I just say what you just said there? That is exactly the misconception that people think that you have to look fit to be fit. And yeah, that's actually yeah. not mm. true. You know, yeah. I trained over 500 instructors to teach my BlockFit brand and honest to God some of my best fit instructors are actually uh, mothers who've had a few kids yeah. who are a little bit on sort of the curvy side may yeah. I say and mate listen they give anybody a run for the money and when you look for them they are brilliant at what they do they look fantastic and again they are like healthy on the outside and that's and, and that's the misconception is yeah. some people can look healthy on the outside but are fat on the inside and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm both. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fat inside and out. But there's a now, now what we've hit on there is a potential stumbling block for this. Yeah, I think, and it's something that I think needs combating on a social, not just a, a worldwide scale really. Yeah, is that. Um, what you remove by saying you can be fit but you wouldn't necessarily lose weight and all that sort of thing is you remove the incentive so the incentive to most people to get fit isn't because they're worried about having a stroke or a heart attack it's because of how they want to look look, which is a tragic state of affairs in in my opinion I think that's absolutely horrible so that requires a complete shift in perception for people to stop worrying about how they look and and as long as as they're fit but but you see this is exactly why we're bringing the fitness industry together we've got the best of the best in the country but we're we're not talking just about the physical aspect we've got speakers we've got uh, motivational speakers we are inviting uh, cancer survivors uh, stroke survivors and we've got a whole well-being aspect of listen let's educate the mind and connect yeah. to the heart and the rest will follow have it's you got a kebab um, trailer 
where people can get if they wanted to get a kebab oh yeah they listen we cater for everything and what i believe is the middle road is the best you can, yeah. being extreme at anything being on one side of 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 the same sort of line is no good you've got to be somewhere in the middle in other words train keep active eat well but never deny yourself anything Right. Never ever deny yourself anything because for me, when people say to me, "Oh, you know, if you're sitting down looking at something and do you eat a cake or do you eat this?" I say, "Yes, I do." Mm. And if I feel that I'm going to have a little bit more, all I do is an extra twenty minutes on the bike or in the gym. Okay. So I kind of balance it out that way. But you gotta live a little. But again, what I'm saying is, once the mind is is working in its order and it's not a living in a prison called the fear of what they think of me mm. then what tends to happen we find that it's an open prison and you've never really been in prison because you're already free here therefore it lets every cell in your body say guess what i'm going to enjoy this and as a byproduct your body starts to see change anyway but was your initial fitness kick so how long have you been like a ripped bloke how long have you been you know well i've done my i, I was into fitness all my life so from a kid i actually wanted to be you know i was a, a i wanted to be a footballer right. and then then from there i went into martial arts and from there uh, I, I had uh, I was competing and I had uh, some injuries and I had some kind of I thought I'd go in and do some rehabilitation yeah. uh, with weights and I was genetically gifted and all of a sudden I started seeing magic results and boom I thought oh, vanity kicked in Is it, and yeah, then, that, that was, yeah. was going to be my question oh, was, yeah. was it driven by vanity in the, uh, in the first instance oh, absolutely I yeah. would honestly say anything to do with the physicality especially when you're younger uh, is to do with a vanity vanity right. absolutely what I call it is let it let vanity be your driving force that's not a problem as long as you know you don't become so egoistical to say you know let it become your driving force but, 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 force. but there is there is a, a worrying ask because it's very thin line between that of course the, the point yeah. that but, but uh, there's a very thin line of going uh, of then losing perception of what you actually even look like that's right. you know, and, lo and losing perception of what's fit and yeah once you get addicted to losing weight yeah you then can't stop that's and right there comes a point where you have to stop yeah well, well that, again, you know, bodybuilding is a, is a, a great example of that. Yeah. You know, they, a, a normal person in the street would look at someone, uh, male or female, and go, "Wow, I'd love mm. to look like that." But that person Don't look at Nat when but, you say that. But, but that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, well, you wouldn't. <laughs> he just just said uh, it to me. But but you see. Thank you, Chico. Uh, uh, um, so yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to look like that. But you oh, see, thanks. what what they don't understand is that very person who everyone wants to look like yeah. is actually a prisoner sometimes yeah, yeah. by looking going, I'm not big enough I'm not cut enough I'm not this enough yeah. and what we're trying to do here is to go hey middle the road is where it's at yeah you know and uh, you know with block fit why I devised it in the way that I did which is dance combat hit yoga meditation all in one for sleep blocks. sleep uh, sleep. Sleeping but, as well. Yeah, because, yeah, the, meditation. because, because the meditation part, yeah. actually, you know, Sleeping. sometimes I do testimonies. I go, what was your favorite part? They go, oh, that meditation piece, you know, <laughs> to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, you know. But you see, again, that was dealing with all the facets of the human physiology. Mm. All right. And what I love about it is the super fit can sit next to the beginner and not feel out of place because we give, mod we give modifications mm. of different exercises mm that make you would never make you feel out of place it just makes you feel like oh wow i can do this but hey next time i can do what the intermediate is doing yeah and next time i can do what the 
you know, super fit can so, do. Uh, so how do we how do we tally all this with the fact that? And again, I'm not I'm not being conversational at all. I'm gen- no, genuinely interested absolutely. in this. How do we tally this? So so the uh, the entire uh, raison d'etre of, of the block fit thing is um, because of the experience that you had. Okay, that's where that's that's arrived out of that. Yet the the irony of it is, is that you were super fit. Yeah. And you did have a stroke. Yes, that's do, do you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. it's a difficult thing to sort of go, hey, get fit and you'll be all right. It's like, well, you, you wouldn't. Uh, you, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's almost like um, like that. Um, uh, someone on Twitter, you know, uh, just wrote down and went, oh, my, you know, obviously he was swearing, but it, it was like... Um, Oh my effing god! You, if you want to swear, you want to swear. If you want to swear, you swear. I got children. I tell him not to But uh, but um, he was like, oh my effing god! You know, if super fit Chico, healthy yeah. living, and uh, can have a stroke, what chances has I've, have I got yeah. with you know four packets of crisps and a, and a pint in my hand or yeah. something like that? Yeah. So that is actually, even though it's funny, mm. it's like wow. But you see, under naught, 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 naught percent. Of course, no. See? I, I mean, anybody that, that yeah. that's taking solace in some that's good. That's, oh, yeah. that's like people saying, "Well, my grand uh, smokes forty a day. She exactly. died at 90. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. But that is like a but really, how many grands yeah. lived till they were ninety? Uh, smoking forty. And a day? you know what? What I would say to that would be, um, you know, there are times when your time is up, and doesn't matter what you do and how fit or unfit you are, your time is up. Yeah. I mean, for me, clearly it wasn't Chico. Do you believe that? <laughs> do you believe? Do you believe? Oh, predestination. Uh, well, uh, look, when your time is up. Your time is up, yeah. and uh, when your time is up, no one can prevent it. And if it, if it's not, no one can stop it. Would you, you know. would you rather know? If if you could find out, would you rather know? If someone could tell you the moment of your death, when it's no. going to be, would you want to know? No, because I think I would. Because no, no, I tell you what, because life is a mystery, and the beautiful thing about life is not knowing. Because mm. if you was to know what's going to happen tomorrow. It'd be boring. Exactly. It's, it's almost like, remember that Groundhog Day? Yeah. That movie? Yeah, yeah. You know, where you just want to slit your wrist because it, it might be exciting in the beginning. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, I know something that nobody else knows. Oh, look, I can see the mysteries. And there are certain people who can, you know, uh, from a spiritual point of view, can know bits and pieces Another of on. certain, <laughs> uh, 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 um, you know, Akashic Records or Preserved yeah. Tablets or whatever. But it would become boring because... What's the point? It's the mystery. It's it's that excitement of not knowing, and bang, it happens. Right. So why? So then, it, I, I, I kind why of. Why do you want to know? No, but no, no, that's an interesting point, though. Mm. Is that that's the, I understand that as a philosophy. It's yeah. a mystery and all that sort of yeah. thing. But yet, most I would say most of the human race spend all their time trying to work out what that mystery is. Well, exactly. And trying to work out what their purpose in life is. And certainly for me, yeah. that's been something over the last sort of maybe yeah. ten years yeah. or so that I've certainly gone. What are you? Work yeah. out what you yeah. are. What Who do you are do? you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who am I? Am I this ego? Am I this body? Am I the mind? Am I my thoughts? But actually, what we are really is. Look, if we can look at. Most scriptures, say for instance, the great masters come with a book and yeah. that book is really a book of history. Within that is a hidden message about this mystery. Right. And the mystery, actually, when you get to realize it, is you are the mystery. Yeah. You are like a divine mirror of this pure, loving, unconditional consciousness that is completely overlooked by the me, which is the ego, which really stands for easing God out. Or e- I call it energy going off or mm. just energy going on. Really, it's just all we are is put us under a microscope. We're a vibrating energy field, but we take ourselves to be this person. But actually, we are much more than that. And when the realization happens, it's like, whoa! And everything you've ever wanted in life, 
including the material, I want this, I want to be this rich, fame, whatever it is, just falls by the wayside because it's not this. What if we're much? What if we're much less than that? Oh no no no! But what? No but what if? So uh, that, that's the mystery. Okay, though, let's do less. I know what I'm. Fuck! I'm delighted with this interview. Yeah. I could never have predicted what I got this morning. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know who the guests and are. And that's the mystery. I could have never predicted this right. morning so that I would be having a great philosophical yeah. and but spiritual that, debate with Chico. But that's what? the mystery. And um, but it no, was no, no, I like intention. It. I like but it. this is what I'm saying: is if if this conversation couldn't have taken place had there not been a some kind of searching within you to go, what am I? Who am I? Hold on a minute. Yeah. You know, I've become this radio DJ. People know who I famous am. People one, know my, famous one. You know all that, and then you get to that point which you perceived all happiness lived, and then you go, "There's more. Hold on, there is something missing." And all it is is we as human beings are separated from the beginning. You know that childlike wonder. Yeah. It doesn't know it's color, creed, sex, or gender. It just is, mm -hmm. and then it gets indoctrinated by the parents, and you're black, you're white, Asian, Caucasian, atheist, believer, non-believer. And what happens is like we're a computer and a software. We just put in the software into this brain. Boom. File save. Ego. File save. And then we develop a story called me as a mm -hmm. person. And then you believe yourself to be that person. And what I'm suggesting here is you're not who you think you are because the moment you go, hold on a minute, let me look at this oh that is just a software because if the hard drive gets deleted the computer looks the same or the iPhone looks the same yeah but the software is gone and what we are is really nothing more than a library of in educated indoctrinated belief systems through our past and we take and we become the index of that mind so we act according to our fears and joys of the past but what i'm saying to you right now about this mystery is all of that falls apart which is the death of the ego if you will or what the masters would call enlightenment or liberation Woof! it happens and it's like oh my god the drop reunites with the ocean which is really the oneness of the oil is whatever name you want to call it and it goes oh my god i was never the drop I've always been party ocean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think I think we're being groomed by Chico. <laughs> I think I'm in though. I think, I think I'm we willing might be to. How much do you need like... of my earnings? I'm willing we don't to try kill no, people and kill people. And, and, <laughs> and by the way, the real masters that will tell you this would not charge you anything for it because uh. it's free. Because all there so, is so is what, where's that? So what would that be? So that that's um, so, so my my conditions of belief are nothing. I don't believe mm. in anything like that. Right? Yeah. Okay. I don't believe in anything spiritual or anything like that. Where where are your beliefs? Where they well, uh, I, I, I extrapolated from. Okay, I, I, I'm my background. Um, I'm from an Islamic background, yeah. but I always had a problem with my way is the right way. So I, I, I went out searching basically, okay. and I Sufism was was. I, I had a, a spiritual master for a, over 15 years, and that was the beginning of my teachings. But I also went, you know, to the all the mystical schools. Uh, where, you know, Zen Buddhism. Every basically every. Um, belief system has the dogma aspect which is like what I call the body yep, yep. right the do's and don'ts and it's a credit based system <laughs> based on fear it's, right. bla it's blackmail it's blackmail yeah. right it's <laughs> the fear of hell and the delights of mm. heaven so what's been suggested here really is each denomination has a mystical side which is the saints or the enlightened people that have gone hold on there's more to it than this mm. and they find that mystery uh, and they try to share it with people, but people don't want it because the people in charge, like the church or whatever, they build balls on it and they scare the hell out of people and they extrapolate money from you. Yeah, yeah. And what's being said here is this is free. This is who you truly are. So this message is, is it pretty much in every mystical side of every belief system. Mm. So if you're a Buddhist, Zen Buddhism, Kabbalah, Judaism, Sufism in, in uh, um, um, 
Judaism and mystics or the Nazis who are the true followers of take the message of Jesus back then were uh, the, the Gnostics okay. uh, or the Christian mystics it's very very few of them about but mm. you know there are there are people out there and this is really about unconditional love it's about who you truly are you're not this ego body mind and you have to understand you're just a wonderful actor playing a part in this celestial dance called life <laughs> and the, but then but then you've said that even further this is something that i've been struggling with recently go on if you take it even further there is an element of because i my my belief at the moment as it stands how what i've sort of got it down to is i think everything's biological that's what i think mm -hmm. including the idea of soul and the idea of yeah. you know all the things you bring into that okay. they're just all things that your body is biologically doing yeah. which this is the heartbreaking go part on. of this literally heartbreaking which would nullify love because it means that love isn't an actual thing it's obviously mm -hmm. it's not a tangible thing yeah. anyway but it can feel like a tangible thing but love can't be if, if i'm right then love can't be true because love itself is just a biological it's, it's no okay. more well, mis mysterious well, okay. than pain well let me, uh, from a answer yeah, of course. that is yes the brain is a, an unbelievable sophisticated uh apparatus that makes this world work yeah all right what tends to happen is because of because you believe there is a me as the story you believe that you're the doer of everything and what's being suggested here is the doing life is already happening yeah but the it's like so for instance i'm making a cup of tea yeah right you think oh i've just picked that cup of tea but what happens is your brain has already decided that and the you a few milliseconds after that goes Oh, I picked the cup of tea. So you think you picked the cup of tea, but the cup of tea was already going to be picked up. Okay, All that's right. what, what what quantum physics physicians have just come to understand. And they went, all there is is oneness. So when like time and space as we know it uh, 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 is illusory, and you go, well, hold on a minute, how can it possibly be illusory? And I go, okay, look, when they broke down time to its like minutest bit, mm. which was about twenty two sec, twenty two with hundred zeros next to it. Time disappeared and all there was was energy. So you ask a theologian and say, well, how did the world come about? He goes, God, don't describe God. Always was, always is. Can't be created, can't be destroyed. You ask a quantum physicist, he says, energy. Describe energy. Always was, always is. Can't be created, can't be destroyed. And what I'm saying to you, this energy is absolute unconditional love because that's why each and everything in this world knows love. So with, with all that in mind... I've heard you. Mm -hmm. With all that in mind, why are you panicking about your parking running out? Uh, 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 <laughs> because, because, because we. I know your team is checking no, out. Yeah. You know why? What? Because this apparent me is then. very scared at getting an apparent <laughs> ticket yeah. because go. I haven't got the apparent go money to there. pay for it. Just go there. <laughs> go there and say you can't give me a ticket because time is illusion. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and can I just say something very, very quickly as well? And I, I, I hesitate to say I this. I can't believe this. No, it's and nice. This is I nice. love. I yeah. love. This is like wow. Oh, right. I can't believe you asked me these questions. Uh, quick, quick question. Yes, no answer. Do you celebrate Christmas? Uh, I celebrate anything that brings people's happiness. Okay. Oh, uh, th nice. There's a reason for me asking that. Yeah. It's a precursor. Because I have a friend who I work with called Barry, right? Who And I can't remember the full story. And I've tried to call him earlier on and I've not been able to get in touch with him. But he sent you a text out of the blue one day wishing you a Merry Christmas, right? Wow. Uh, there, was a, there was a reason for it. I can't remember what it was. It was, it was a... Uh, entertainment reason he was trying to make contact with you and the first one was say Merry Christmas and then one of his friends said to him no he's Muslim and then, uh, and, and then Barry just panicked yeah. and was like he didn't know how to bring no. it back in
But I just wanted to explain a text that you may have got one Christmas Go. out of the blue from Barry Dodds. <laughs> is that okay. that's what he was actually trying to do? Well, your 48 hour fitness party is at Breen Sands in Somerset, September the 20 to 22nd. Tickets at 48hourparty.com slash fitness. Andy Abraham's there as well. Oh my Former God, guest yeah. on the show. Oh, and no, Andy. Yeah. And Charlie's Bunny. Nice man. Andy was got Charlie Bunny. Charlie Bunny, yeah. yeah. Charlie Bunny's not a person. Well, it is now. Well, it is now, yeah. It's a cartoon. <laughs> no, no. And we've got, literally, we've got over 40 presenters around the world. Uh, we've got over 75 classes. We've got five bands. And like I said, it is going to be uh, a combination of great minds, great hearts, and I'm calling it a soul weekend okay. heart smile. I've I've no beef with that. As I say to you, I'm, I would consider myself 100% utterly atheist. I would consider myself. There's nothing um, wrong with that. No, I know, but, I, but what I'm saying is though, I have no beef with anyone who's for want of a better word, preaching a positive message yeah. that's not mm. about divisiveness in any way. Yeah. So I have no yeah. beef with that because mm. there's no harm that can come of that mm-hmm. until somebody gets hold of yeah. it and then starts going, oh, let's kill some yeah. people as well. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that's... The big, the big problem with all of that is the me, which we think is real, yeah. grabs it and it thinks it knows this oneness, which is... The, it thinks it knows the mystery. Yeah. And it goes, no, it's this way and it's this way. And guess what? There is not one way. It connects with the atheist, the agnostic, the Muslim, the, whatever it is, it's beyond the you. It is absolutely indescribable. And anyone that can actually describe it to you is no more than someone giving you a menu and going, wow, it delights my heart. But I say, eat the food, now talk to me. Nice. That's it. Okay, it's a bit, it's a bit, again, honestly, honestly unpredictable. I've really enjoyed the chance here. Can I ask you another question? Have you ever been on a radio show where they've not played Chico time when you've been on? Uh, no. Well, you have today. Because I, I have made a point. I made a point to say, no, I'm not playing Chico Tang because everyone will do that. Yeah, I would like you to play some of my new stuff. Well, we, um, I don't know. Well, we've got it, some how, other how stuff. How new is D-I-S-C-O? Oh, no, don't. Don't play that. Well, that's what I've got that or it's England time, which is just Chico no, time anyway. Can't. I'm playing it. They made me do that. That's what killed any Chico, chance Chico's of me having a career. Look, play the song. Here's Chico's favourite song that he ever did. He thinks it's brilliant. Thanks so much, Chico. Love you guys. Wow. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Say what? Nothing. So you're just going to say something? What are you saying? No, 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 no. I'm not saying anything. No, you're saying what you're saying. Um, um, I'm uh, well, having a little, little breather here now. I'm trying to wonder what I believe. I think we're in a cult. Yeah, I think so. Well, or a religion. It didn't, sound, it didn't sound like a particularly damaging one, but I don't suppose they do, do they, at the beginning? That's how they reel you in, isn't so it? That's how you think Chico's just groomed us properly into being in his cult? I think we're I liked in. him a lot. There's two things I'm worried about. One thing I'm worried about is that I am now in his, in his gang. I'm alright with that, in a though, cult. actually. I'm fine. The other thing I'm worried about is I'm now best friends with Chico, because we had a little chat as he was leaving, yeah, and yeah, he lots it. of hugs and stuff, and saying he how much said, he enjoyed it. He said he wished he'd got longer parking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lesson. Do you know what? For all the philosophizing that Chico just did, I think the main thing he's learned is always overestimate your parking. You should always do that, right? I don't than drive. Underestimate your parking because who knows what adventures life exactly. shall throw your way. And it's better to have a spare extra 10 minutes that you don't need than <laughs> running out to get a ticket. And what he did do was, and I yeah. thought it was okay, yeah. was we talked earlier about the bare feet situation. Oh, right. Did he have bare feet? Mm-hmm. Did he really? On the, on the chair. And I thought, oh, I looked heavens. down and I was like, oh, yeah, heavens to Betsy. What's. 
what's going on. So the Chico's been rubbing his feet all over your foot, all, all over your upholstery. <laughs> Not actually on the chair, on the bottom wing. Right. The wing? The wheel. <laughs> the wing of the chair. Um, he, so I've seen in feet fact, on it. Gone did demand a very posh chair. <laughs> it's got wings on. <laughs> Actually, I would have fucking loved it. Wants when, to raise you when up. John Gort was demanding a new chair, you should have bought him like one of them. One wings. of the things that you see on the seafront, <laughs> like a little rocket that goes back and forward. That would have been really nice. And tell him that's all he's allowed. That would have been really nice. Oh, you should have just said, "Shut up and do your job." Um, I liked oh, him, Chico. I'm sure. I mean, I, I, I will emphasize I mean Chico. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I liked him a lot. I didn't but did even you think mind. you wouldn't? I didn't. No, because I've met him a few times before, oh, and yeah. he's always been the nicest person ever. Have you met him? Uh, he came in years and years ago and I was on another radio station to record some sort of podcast and someone said, do you want to? And I was quite new there and they went, um, do you want to come and record a podcast with Chico? And I was yeah. like, oh, I've been waiting forever if someone asked me that. But he was yeah. the nicest person ever. He's very tactile with you. Uh, no, I don't mean, not in a lecture way. No, but no, he no was, just hugging. He like, He's kind yeah, of yeah, just like that, yeah. isn't he, with everyone really. But, um, but I felt like there was a connection with you two. Do you? I, um, that was one of the few times in my life now, and you'll thank me for this. Yeah. One of the few times in my life during that interview where I bit my tongue. I, know, I knew, I knew. I actually bit my I tongue. I knew that you did it. And it was when he said... It was when he said, I'd like to look like you, when he said about how you look. And I bit my tongue from saying, if you put a blonde wig on, you would. Okay. And I bit my I, tongue. Chico and I look nothing alike, okay? You look a bit like Chico. I don't look like Chico. Well, how's that an insult? How is it? Well, because I just don't look like Chico. It's not Chico's an insult. Chico's a proper good looking... He's a, a hunk, if you will. And you're, He's a, and hunky you're a bit guy. of a hunk. I'm a hunk. A bit of a hunk. Oh, thanks. Okay, that's nice. When you do all your heavy weightlifting, lifting up buildings I mean, and always. buses. I do, yeah, that's the thing. I just lift buildings up every day. So I'm actually incredibly fit. Look, I'm happy to say Chico's friend of the show. Of course he is now. He wants to come back. That's what he said. Didn't we he? should Why keep it quiet, back? by the way. But I, I, I will. I'll whisper it now. When we have guests on, we do yeah. actually consider afterwards: are they a friend of the show or an enemy of the show? Oh, okay. I think mostly friends. We have. We we've rarely got a few have enemies. We've got a few enemies. We? We've got a few enemies. That Eastenders bloke from the other week. He's an enemy of the show. Former, former Eastenders bloke. Former Eastender. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember his name even. He's an enemy of the show now. Uh, John yeah. Gaunt is an enemy of the show. Okay. Um, that one, that interview that we had to pull yeah, that time, that person is an enemy of the show. enemy of the station. We won't have them on the station at all. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I've insisted. Good, on. good. No, no, no. I insisted that as well first. So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I forced it. Yeah, but I said it, so I'm that's so you Because their what name I said. actually recently came up, and I, Abby and I were like, oh, hell no. What, as a prospective interview? Mm, mm-hmm. Should have put them on this one. Should no, have no, on a different Should show. Should have put it on this on show. A different show. Should have said, well, we can offer you Ian's show. Do you want yeah. to do that one? Yeah, they would have said. He's a few things to say to you. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't um, my fault. I can't be bothered to chop out 40 minutes worth of audio the again. The person themselves was in the wrong. I know. Um, we don't have many enemies. The guy from Chernobyl enemy. came in. Enemy. No, no, friend of the show. Oh, no, the guy playing him's a friend, but the actual character's an enemy. <laughs> well, he... Yeah, yeah. Have you watched that series? Very good. My brother told me it's a spoiler good. about it, but it's he said good. you find out in the first minute. What do you mean that, that there was a nuclear explosion? That's the whole point of the show. But that lad who came in is the person that's, whose fault it is. Ish, but he's not a baddie. No, no, that's what I mean. He's not but, a baddie. But I said to, I said to Gareth, my brother, yeah, yeah. I went, "Oh, thanks a lot for spoiling it." He went, "Honestly, it's the first, it's the first thing you find yeah, out." Yeah, it's true. Episode. But which made me think that he perhaps. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but I'd be surprised yeah. if I see him in the second series. Oh right. I mean, that, that was. If you cause it, hefty spoiler. If it's you causing the massive nuclear explosion, but we established within the interview that it, it wouldn't be a second series; that it was a self, a, a self-contained five-episode yeah. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. I'm in the third episode, um, and I'm enjoying. Good, it. I'm pleased for you. Um, God's sake! What? I'm I've, an enemy of the show now. I, I've always considered you an enemy of the show. <laughs> I've always considered you a, an insidious part of this organisation. Thank you. Thank you. Was it you, that person on Twitter? <laughs> What? What's that? You know, that person on Twitter that was going a bit ham. 
What was that? Queefy or whatever they were called. Oh, my Twitter years ago. Yeah, but it seems very shades of what they like. I knew it was is that you. What they said. In in sort. Well, well they I just basically really, called me a cunt several times. Yeah, to be what, honest. What yeah. happened is somebody on Twitter. This was years ago. It was about four years. Somebody ago on now. Twitter was slagging Nat off an awful lot on the show, and me as well. Yeah, and well, then they, they tried they to get Ed you. into it by pretending to be nice to Ed, and then they were horrible to Ed as well. Yeah. Um, it was, cl- it was, it was classic people. trolling. Well, you see, the thing is now, I disengaged from it. No, well, I just blocked, at the start. I, blo- I muted them. No, I didn't block them. I muted them. So I you kept sending, them for, for kept sending me them for a while until I told you me, not and then to I send said, them to me. Okay, maybe don't tell me what they're saying because if yeah. I don't see it, they'll just go away. Yeah. And then they turn out to be like a Trump supporter. Anyway, it wasn't me. It wasn't well. me. But I, I would say that, wouldn't I? I would <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah, of course. All right. Um, let's have a quick song on. Then we're back with Gina Dawson. Yes. Some people say I look like me dad. This is Matt's favourite song. It is. There we go, and that's favourite song one more time. I like Bewitched a lot. I know you do. Love you, it. Dad goes first, say you love them. I do love them. Absolutely love them. We're joined now by Gino Dawson to talk about her latest book, Meat Market. Hello. Hello there, how are you getting on? I also love Bewitched. I prefer, I prefer blame it on the weatherman, though, if I was to pick one myself. We might have one. <sighs> have a look, see if we've got it. Okay. Now, nah, talk to Gino for a bit while um, I look at this. Gino, <laughs> we're calling Gino friend of the show because we've decided, I think you heard, that we either have friends or enemies of the show. <laughs> You've been on before and you're a returning guest, so yes. you are clearly well, a, best, a best friend of the show. For, for, although I've been in the studio, I've, sorry, I keep yes. moving away no, from okay. the mic. It's not helpful, is it? Um, I've been in to visit <laughs> Hannah Witten and Callum McSwiggan oh. back, in, back in the day. Yes. So Seems just, like, just I'm trying to fix the mic, it. which doesn't want to stay upright today. Well, I've noticed, I noticed when Chico was on that the mic has um, come loose. Yeah, I need to fix that. The also, mic. the might of Chico's power has made the mic come loose. Well, it's oh, at, it's at the moment we've got words. Gino showing how go. to do it. That's it. Yes. Are we happy with that? I'm just not going to move or breathe. Right, now give me some volume there, please. You're up full now. Cool. Right, still, some, still sounds quite. It's okay. To me. I can move another mic round if we need to. All right, then we'll do that. Um, so, uh, meat market. Well, uh, well, actually, let's go back a little bit. So, I'd interviewed you on the phone. Yes. Is what had happened. Then I met you and didn't make the connection. No, I can't, I I can't remember you. which happened first. I don't know whether the interview came first or the. It was the interview. I think it was, was the, the interview, interview show yeah. first. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we met at the Mind Media Awards. Yeah. I think like two two years ago. Yeah. There's been a whole other one since. As Has well. there? Was it good? It was. I was great. invited. I was invited and couldn't go because I was filming. Oh. Um, yeah, it was. It was lovely. Um, who was there this year? The, it all blends into one. I don't think. I don't think we had a royal this year. Okay. Obviously, yours was, was a bit whizzier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He came to yeah, see yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They pulled out. They were like, uh, Ian's not going. He, he came because I was on there, yeah. and then yeah, um, yeah. I said, "No, you're going to have to go before my awards presented." And he said, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> then he went. Bye. But I kicked Stephen Fry instead. Um, I enjoyed that night greatly. I was quite uh, uh, conflicted that evening. Mm. And I think, actually, because we did an interview afterwards. Yes. I, don't think, I doubt it was ever used, because I don't think I was very good in it. Because I was a little bit discombobulated, and I think I was trying to explain to you in the interview, I kind of disengaged from mental health work at that point, mm. and then won this award, which was like, oh, shit, no, I'm not doing that now. I'm not doing that. And it was... It was and, the podcast. Yeah, the mental yeah, podcast. That's right, yeah. Which I was, I was delighted. I really was delighted to win the award. It meant it did mean a lot. Genuinely mm. did at the time. So I'm not being disingenuous about that. But I had decided at that point that I didn't want to discuss that sort of thing as part of my 
my public profile anymore. Yeah. I'd thought about it a lot and I tried to work it out and I was like, I don't think I'm doing good now. I don't think this is either good for me or I, I think there's now an explosion of it that might be damaging, yeah. potentially, is how I was feeling. So it was quite a conflict for me that, mm. that evening. Um, but it was... Uh, very positive and quite inspiring, I thought. As yeah, I, I mean, I love it as an award, and I love, I mean, Mind works so hard. I'm about to do, I think I'm about to be on the cover of their magazine, as it happens. Oh, yeah. So I think, I think they do great stuff. But I think you're right. I think there is a danger in making mental health too central and defining to your personality. Yeah. It can become, hello, my name is Juna, and I'm anxious. Yeah. And it's kind of, in, and it shouldn't, you know... You know, I spend my life trying to get away from anxiety. Of so I don't kind of particularly want it to define me too much. Yeah. Well, I I worry about the fetishization of it. Mm, is what is what I worry much, about. Yeah. And I didn't want to feel party to that that movement of contributing to that. Even though I knew that wasn't my intention with it, you know. I didn't like the idea of somebody thinking well, have I got to be like a bit bonkers as well? Is that because that everyone is at the moment? So have I got to as well? Which then you know everything which gets out it's a tsunami of stuff then isn't it yeah. it all gets out of control so that was my consideration of it and we spoke to I can't remember the dude who came in who, who was doing a new mental health podcast and we, oh, had, we had quite Matt a long Johnson had a new podcast that's right we had ben, quite a long discussion yes, about that didn't we yes on that one but first and foremost well, this is first and foremost your A1 job is writing yeah um, I suppose it's funny because I'm a big fan of, do you know Emma Gannon, the podcaster, mm. and she always talks mm. about being multi-hyphen. Okay. So I suppose I am author, hyphen, screenwriter, hyphen, what else do I do? Podcaster, all sorts of things. Portfolio career. Exactly. Yeah. I learned that about a year ago and is I've used it ever since. I like Portfolio it. career, yeah. yeah. Lots of strings to my bow, yeah, but author is by far and away the day job and that's what makes me happiest. What's the, I, I, I'm going to come on to your book, but what is the uh, drive behind that with being multi-hyphened? What's why <laughs> to survive really is I that really is it financial yeah. well i think yeah so when initially so i got my first book deal in 2011 and i gave up my day job i used to be a teacher and as it turns out i thought i'd got a great big book deal but in real life it didn't translate to being right, okay. that and so very quickly i realized that journalism was a really good way to kind of top up my income and yeah my non-fiction writing is really what has kept me going okay so how much of what you actually do now would you if you could strike it off if if <laughs> if money wasn't a no, no, genuine yeah. question if money wasn't an issue is the other elements of your career now you don't have to say what they are mm. but are there elements of your career now that you go i don't want to that you're working towards not having to do that anymore no i don't think there is i no, think that's a healthy now, place isn't it because i'm really okay my last book did really really well and has opened up lots of doors okay and so at the moment and I haven't been able to say this ever before. I'm just doing projects that I really want to do. Good. I nearly said that I was passionate about, but you should never say that you're passionate about anything other than sex. For why? Really? Do you think that? I just think, I mean, <laughs> I'm really passionate about fruit. Really? Like what? Like, Would you never like make a creative work and go, that, that deserves a wank? <laughs> <laughs> that, that chapter I've just written deserves a wank. No, I still, I'm, actually, I mostly treat myself with cake, if I'm honest. So it's yeah, slightly right. different. <laughs> and you see my boyfriend literally looking through a window now, but I'm so <laughs> prolific. I'm up to about ten a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, ten chapters. A, that was an amazing. Um, well, that was yeah, an amazing sentence. Chapter, you've done a good chapter, right? Have a yeah. little break. In fact, um, it, actually, Hannah used to talk on our show about you know some people go for a cigarette break. If I've done something good, she'll go for a wank break. Oh really? Is that yeah, right? That's I not, that's not, no, that's actually not an unusual. Though she probably didn't say wank masturbation break. That's that's actually not that uncommon that you're saying that. Um, I couldn't make the link between feeling creatively sated and horny. Why not it, treat it, yourself? The two things wouldn't cross over to me. Okay. I don't think. Oh. Sorry. Oh, well. 
So no, yes, I'm yeah, quite happily doing just the, just things that I'm enjoying at the moment, which is really cool. I I've got a feeling, you know, because I, I I same mm. right, and I've got a feeling. I mean, this this apart, but I've got a feeling that uh, if you just decide to do that anyway, mm. like even if financially, if you, if you stop thinking about money, even if you just decide, I am just going to do the things I want to do. I feel like that it would follow anyway. Yeah. I mean, because I'm always saying, it's a piece of advice I've always, always given, is don't get too hung up on these all or nothing kind of mentalities. And I've heard people say, oh, you know, I I don't want to, you know, if I was going to be a writer, I'd want to give up my day job, which is a lovely notion. Right. But not everybody can afford to do that. And so when I'm in schools talking to young people, I always say, not well, my dad used to get a trade, but don't, you don't necessarily have to get a trade. But, you know, if you want to be a singer, sing. If you want to be an artist, mm. paint or sculpt. Just if it's not making you any money, you will find that time in your life to do it. And I think, you know, if something was to go catastrophically wrong and my writing wasn't making me any more money, you know, I'd have to get a different job, but I would absolutely stay writing. Yeah. And I wouldn't let that stop me for a second. No, and that's it. Uh, but I, I, I honestly feel like it, it just naturally follows. I honestly feel like if you're, if you're, you've got to be good at it as well. Let's yeah. make no bones about it. But if it, if that is your natural calling, mm-hmm. if such a thing exists, um, then I think by di- it, it's that classic thing of going. Don't sit and wait for it. Do it. Do, do the it. work. Don't wait for a commission. Do have the work ready in case you then get a commission. Go. I've done it. Mm. There it is. Patrick Ness always says, he always says you can read joy on the page. Yeah. And I I really buy into that. And I know because so my last book clean was the most fun I'd had in years. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was clean, is by far and away my bestseller now. Yeah. And I think that was because, you know, it's not always a fun and easy read, but I think you could tell that I was having an absolute blast with that character. Yeah. So I think now, and again, I'm very fortunate to be in the position where I, I wouldn't work on a novel if I wasn't having as much fun as I was having with Clean. Ace, okay. That was the last... Didn't we speak about that last time? Is that what that I was? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think so. Well, Meat Market's your latest offering. Yeah. It's already out. Mm-hmm. On the shelves as we speak. Um, I've not read the press release. Do you want me to tell you about Please. it? Please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should say he never reads a press release for anyone. But so that he can I'd just rather, have a chat. I'd rather read it from Juno. Exactly, well, right? Yeah. You can describe it better than we can off a page. Exactly. Yeah. Just tell me what you wrote in this. And it's better than them pretending a lot, yes. a lot when you go on certain Love things. Love the I book. Did, I nearly named some like, names yeah, and yeah, I yeah, so yeah. enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. sometimes they only talk about the, what's on the back of the book yeah. or what's in the yeah. dedication. So like, yeah. I really enjoyed the book. I see you've dedicated it to your grandma. Like, you haven't read the book. you read the dedication. Not only have I not read the book, I've not even been given. We have been sent it, but somebody from here um, took it home to read it. and forgot to bring oh. it back in today. So, so uh, how's that? Well, it's not helpful. I don't. Yeah, it's. And fine. by the way, out of all the promo things that we do on the yeah. station, books are the thing I'm most. Likely I know, to read. I know. So you, well, we have a had film. a blanket ban now from Julia is in charge. No one's <coughs> taking books home from here apart yeah. from presenters. So that's been ruined. I do. I read them. I, I, I read know. Karen. We'll bring it back one, and we'll give that. it to you to, to yeah. when it comes so back in. Sorry, Juno. If you made a film, I wouldn't have watched it. But I probably would have started the book. Disappeared yeah, from so it. If somebody's stolen it, they must have enjoyed it. So Borrowed it, let's say. It's not theirs Borrowed. to keep. Doesn't help us here now, though, does it? No. <laughs> In this well, moment. Because you'd be reading it chapter one. You'd be reading it live on air, it, would you? Mate. Okay, right, you finished it. So I nearly read my impress for yes. you. You mustn't. Take it away, take away from Jim. curious to see what's on it. Um, so it's the story of a girl from. A council estate in southwest London. Okay. She is called Yana, and one day she's at Thought Park when she is unexpectedly scouted by a modelling agency. And her life changes very, very quickly, but just as she reaches the pinnacle of her 
fame and fortune, she is assaulted by a very powerful person in the fashion industry. And the rest of the book is about her deciding whether or not to speak up about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a one sentence. That was good. Thank you. One take wonder. Thank very you. impressive. Um, now, you said that this was something when you were in the process of creating this, mm. that it was something you were passionate you, and you corrected yourself. <laughs> but you know what I mean? That, it was yeah. that feeling. So how do you... That's kind of a... That's a horrible story, mm. ultimately. And this one was much thornier to write than clean. Um, and I did... I nearly gave up. Um, really? Yeah, because it it's a very strange thing to create a character knowing that you're going to put her through yeah, an yeah, ordeal. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and it was an ordeal that I've been through, that all my friends have been through. And, you know, it's a, and the assault happens around 100 pages in. So that was okay. 100 pages where I was like, oh, this is going to get worse and it's going to get horrible. And so I stopped. And up until that point, it had been very, very loosely based on the things I've been seeing in the media during the Bill Cosby trial. Yeah. And um, and I said to my agent, I said, you know, I'm not enjoying this. This is a really grisly subject matter. And I was like, can we do something else? And I, I like pitched this strange kind of like retelling of the Wicker Man. Okay. And my agent was like, mm. and then just, to I'll, just do it, I'll do that then. Yeah. If that's gone, I'll do it. <laughs> Well, I love that one. We've had a sort of strange retelling in the, the Nicolas Cage film, and that didn't work, did it? Really it? Didn't, yeah, didn't work it really didn't. Didn't work at all. Mine did would it? be funny. Okay. It was all, it was all <laughs> like that an, was funny, yeah. Like an allegory for carbonism. It was, oh. yeah, it was, what was I thinking? Right. But um, just as we were having these conversations, um, the Weinstein scandal broke. Okay. And I realised that my book was just one part of a much, much bigger conversation that was kind of happening globally. And that sort of gave me the impetus to actually sit down and sort of get on with it and I'm really I'm really glad that I did because actually the second half of the book where Yana sort of decides whether or not to speak up I'm sure you can probably work out what happens but that that felt you know like it was powerful and triumphant and I really enjoyed the second half of the book okay there's a lot of solidarity and sisterhood in there so well, when, when you say that you when it was a struggle for you to write it mm. what so what was it doing what was it actually doing to you to I find that really interesting, the process that people go through when they're creating something. Because it's not, again, I'm not, I'm not intentionally bringing it back to me, but when the, the podcast that I did, that we, the award thing and all that, that was a really difficult thing for me to do. Oh. And even by saying that, you feel like you're kind of patting yourself on the back a bit. I'm not saying that to boast. I'm, I'm like going, no, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> like it really, it started with the best intentions. It went somewhere I didn't anticipate me having to go emotionally with it. Yeah. Speaking to people that I was very close to as well about all that stuff. And then me also having to sit down and edit it together and listen to it over and over and over again. It was fucking horrible. So um, I'm interested in, in what, how you then persevere through that and how you, because I don't know how I did is the, the reason I ask is I, I don't I don't know what it was that pushed me over the hurdle of that to actually finish making it. I mean, it was a bit like pulling teeth, and I, re- I, I really been to the second series. Like I, I, get, I, I gave yeah. up on it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was like I can't do that. I can't go through this again. Oh, yeah, I felt very differently about the whole thing at that point. Anyway, I think there was so, what I what I sort of made myself do, and there was definitely. So I remember, I really clearly remember the day that I wrote the assault scene. I did it in one day in a coffee shop, and just kind of almost wrote it very clinically kind okay. of and that chapter is actually a very a slightly different tonally to the rest of the book because what I wasn't going to do because I felt it would dishonor the character is I wasn't going to kind of like fade to black Got you. you know I felt you know as as uncomfortable as it is you know I felt this is something that we kind of had to go through with the character kind of 
and also deliberately I put her in a situation that I don't even want to say it's a grey area or that it's ambiguous because clearly she's assaulted but it's a situation that I think a lot of young women find themselves in where you kind of come away from it and you're just like did that just happen? Like am I imagining that? Mm. And was that okay? And then later on her friend actually says was that illegal? And they kind of as a pair of teenage girls they kind of have to sit there and kind of pull apart whether a crime has been committed. And so I kind of got through it and very much sort of ploughed through and then once I had a full manuscript and I could see the full picture and Yana's story is kind of it reaches its conclusion um, I was fine to go back and then edit it and go back to that chapter and kind of make it um, more sort of descriptive and more um, well more, it just made a lot more sense once I edited it um, and that's because I, I knew that I knew that Yana was going to get the resolution that Got she gets okay. in the book. So it didn't feel quite as, um, not quite as sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, the phrase I'm looking for? Not so near the nerve. It wasn't Well, yet. it's that, it sounds dreadfully wanky, but it's that idea of some, something that you've created and a, 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 somebody you've given birth to, essentially. Well, you it's, love it's, them. You, you, you make sure they're all right at the end. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or, or whatever mm. all right is within the, within the story. So. Yeah, and I think... I mean, people are constantly, constantly saying to me, you know, what do you think defines YA fiction? What makes this a young adult novel? And I wouldn't have ever left a main character without any sense of hope. Okay. Because I think right. in real life, there is always a chance of redemption. Um, and, you know, this book, it's bleak in places, but in my mind, there was never any chance that Yana wasn't going to get some sort of resolution. Is your writing always responsive to Zeitgeist? No, uh, no. Actually, no. Zeitgeist is totally the wrong word for this, for mm. this sort of thing. Mm. So I apologise for that. Uh, for, you know, for, for what's going on culturally. Um, yeah. Culturally, yeah, yeah. Zeitgeist is totally wrong. That's totally the wrong word. Uh, it, it, mm. Is that something that that feeds into your work? Yeah, and I, I think you're right to sort of differentiate between sort of zeitgeist or anything that's too trendy. Yeah. Because if anything, I would steer away from a trend. And obviously, with with young adult in the wake of Twilight and then Hunger Games, we did see some trends. So I would always steer clear of trends. But again, I always say this to younger writers, the authors, we are plugged into the same internet that you are. You know, we are all, we have huge concerns about the world as it stands. You know, we have concerns about Trump. We have concerns about global warming. We have concerns about the far right. How can those things not influence something that you're spending seven or eight hours a day on? So I mean, but they can they cannot directly like they can influence in terms of where your mind's at at the time yeah. and where you're how you're feeling about things. Mm. But they don't. I mean, with, in the case of meat market, it's uh, it's very much a not meat market, is it? Yeah, it's meat yeah, market. Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Is, yeah. um, in the case of that, it's uh, it's blatantly that. Yeah, you know, it, it's it is about that. That's what it's about. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I I don't know. I, I always worry about the idea of. Um, overload for the creator mm. you know so if, if it's something that you do and that's how you work you respond to stuff I work, I'm reading Ben Alton's book at the moment mm -hmm. okay Identity Crisis which, which I absolutely love and the reason I love it is because it's made a lot of my insecurities about feeling like I, I don't necessarily agree with all of this 
you know, with all of it, yeah. mm. with, with the way that social media works and the way that people and pronouns and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, I'm not sure I can get on board totally with this, but I think my heart's in the right place. But I feel like no matter what I say, I'll be shot down for it. Well, like then when I said Zeitgeist, I fucking panicked. Nah. No, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not, right. I don't want to feel that because I think I would hope that it would be obvious what I mean. Mm. And then if I go, no, that's, that's the wrong word, you know, mm. th- th- that's fine. But for some people, that would be a career ender. No. No, it, no, it would. It would. No, it's been proven recently that an apology oh, doesn't like make it all right. John style, yeah. So, um, so reading Ben Alton's book mm. uh, has been like, okay, right, uh, okay, this is making a bit more sense of it now. And there is a frustration and there is a... Uh, a feeling of being overwhelmed by it and it's a great story and I, I really like it and I think some mm. people will hate it I, re- I, I do but I, I personally have really enjoyed it but when I've been reading it I've also been thinking fuck me this sounds exhausting as a process to write this book yeah. you know about what the creator would have gone mm. through to come up with that actual work because he's and always has been very responsive to yeah. what's happening yeah, you know, you know within so, yeah, culturally. he did a bit. He did a Big Brother book once, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's a novel in particular is my space to make sense of the world that I'm living in, mm. and you know, you know, I I can't make sense of it all. It's too big and it's too scary and there's too much going on. But in that little world, the world that you've created, you're very in control of it. Of course, so, yeah, so it's like yeah. it's the safe parameters to try and deal with something like this and. And obviously the Cosby trial went on, then Weinstein, um, Kevin Spacey, lots of other very high profile cases. And I suppose Meat Market is me working it out. But I also think as well, so I was very interested in fashion and fashion is like the prism of this story. But really what it's about, it's about women and and women having a voice. And I think really that's what it boils down to. And the fact that they happen to be models Mm kind of adds a bit of spice or a bit of flavour but really you know we could have told this same story in a high school or in a college or in an office yeah. and really is it's about that choice that Yana has to make where she has all these people around her saying don't say anything you'll make it worse and she decides to speak out yeah spoiler Spoiler alert! <laughs> Can you imagine if she didn't? And that's yeah, just yes, the end that's of the, the book. book. Well, that's the other thing, yeah. isn't it? Because, because, like, <laughs> like you know, when you say about you, have, and you feel for your characters and you've created them and all that sort of thing, and that, that we spoke about that duty of care to your mm-hmm. fictional creation, based on real, you know, real things. But there is that also temptation when you're writing that to go, "I'm going to make a turn left." <laughs> Well, she's yeah. going to go left. She's not even going to be in that situation. She's not even going to be there when that assault takes place. Mm. Because, you know, you can, you can protect them. You can. <laughs> but and, and the no book there. The other thing as well is that you know, and, and I, I've said this before in other interviews as well, that the difference between me and Yana is that when I was in that situation, I did nothing. Mm. Because right, okay. actually I just sort of thought, well, do you know what? You've survived. You're fine. Um, what are you going to do? you know tell the police but really it's probably not going to help that they'll be oh I'll get back to you when we solved all the murders kind of and so Yana in a weird way I got to resolve my issues through that character and, all do, the, and do you I regret that left. do you regret that decision or, or do you think that was the correct decision for you um, I think in my instance and again my was again one of those very strange kind of grey areas I don't I don't think a crime had taken place right, okay. so I, in that case I don't think it was a matter for the police but very much like Yana and Sabadu in Meat Market I had to talk to my friends and be like when that happens when a man climbs into your bed without permission is that a crime? 
mm. like bed invasion. Yeah, yeah. You know, he yeah, was meant yeah. to be on the sofa bed. Like, is bed invasion a crime? And, you know, um, Hannah Witten, when I interviewed her for the Gender Games, um, she told me the exact same thing. And so, you know, and this happened to me about six months after I'd interviewed Hannah about the Gender Games. So right. I was just like, you know, what, what, what do you do? You know, call the police and say, a man has climbed into my bed. Yeah. I remember once, years and years ago, and thinking it was weird at the time, and it's only now retrospectively that I've put it into some sort of... Um, I've made some sort of sense of it. Many, many years ago, a female comedian, and that's relevant to the story, um, stayed at my house. I was promoting a gig, and she stayed at my house, and she stayed in my bed. And I had some work to do. So I was working on the computer, which was in my bedroom. It was only a little, small little flat. I was working, and I was like, is this going to be all right? She went, no, it's fine, it's fine. I was fall asleep. And I did all, all my work and stuff, uh, finished off, went and sat on the sofa, right? And the next morning, she couldn't have been more shocked and surprised that, that I'd not done right. anything. Uh, and I was like, yeah. what? Well, the bar is low. Well, that's, no, I do no, think that's... Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, what, really? I think there is always a moment when either you're staying at someone's house or they're at that's yours. That's not, I'm not virtue no, signaling no, no, there, by the way. I'm not saying, well done it, me. It's, it's said like, like, oh, I'm not going to try anything or do anything. There is always a moment of relief when actually they don't do anything because it's so often that it can happen where you think, and you just feel them getting into bed with you and you think, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, is this going to turn I told, horrible? I said to you, uh, no, that's a different thing. <laughs> I said to you, it, it was not cold. You. I, didn't, I didn't want anything. <laughs> It's not you. Clearly no, but didn't you know what anything. I mean? Like, yeah. And you have that moment of like fear where you freeze and you think, what do I do? How do I play this? Do I try and laugh it off? Do I say, get the fuck out? What, what do I do? How is this going to turn? And you're right, actually. If you go to the police and say, well, what did they do? Did they hit you? Did they do anything? They try- no, well, they got into bed with you. Then it's maybe not going to be taken that seriously. Yeah. And so it just puts you off saying anything. She still it? talks about it now, that girl, whenever I see her. She, she, didn't she brings get it. it up because she's now. holding you to a high bar by saying like I can't believe so which all that means is other people that she'd have been having the same situation have tried something with her and by even getting into bed if you're saying okay and it can be established where like two people can share a bed completely consensually yeah, yeah. that's all fine it's if you're saying I'm on the sofa but suddenly I'm climbing into bed you think why why are you doing this mm. what's and happening I did just punch having <laughs> promised I wasn't going to move would, the mic you would have got away with that if you hadn't said nothing um, exactly but yeah, and yeah. It, it's, it's, it seems to be a bit endemic, which is yeah. just this constant. And I think this goes back to you know the importance of sex education in schools, which is this very old school dance, you know, that boys and girls w- have been taught for generations, which is, you know, women must always say no, or they mm. will be slut shamed. Therefore, men must always push. Yeah. When actually, what we should be teaching as school, which is this is what consent is, and everybody is entitled to clearly state what their expectations of yeah. an evening are. Yeah. You know, whatever it is boys and girls want to do, you should be able to verbalize it free of shame, free of guilt. And then that way, men would know that. You know, we're not being coy. No, we just don't want to have sex with you, no. and, and that's what that, that means. Quite clear at the yeah. beginning that I'm not just because I'm coming back. I'm going to change my mind because yeah. we happen to be here. Putting like, you don't on the sofa it. bed is not a veiled no. invite to my bed. It no. just means you're on the sofa yeah. bed. It was and my house. She didn't put me on the sofa. I, I chose to go it. on the sofa. Right, okay. If I if I'd have wanted to, I could have gone in that room, just pushed her out of the bed, and said, "This is my bed." I could have given her the sofa. Go to sleep. You're going to sit on the sofa. Or on a tea gentleman. Yeah, in a shoebox. So there's another reason why I'm brilliant. Uh, hey, look, Gina, it's been lovely seeing you again. And best of luck with me, Mark. It's out now. In, how do I say that, publisher? Quirkus. 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 Published by Quirkus. Um, meet Market, Gina Dawson. Thanks ever so much, Nadia, for coming Thank in. Thank you. And this is especially for you.
wait, 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 wait. I can hear weather. So I think it's Gina it. hasn't got headphones on. Wait so. for it. Let's put the mics down. Intro. This is a long intro, isn't it? Yeah. This will send me to sleep, so listen to this when I go to bed at night. Okay. And then we start. It's just one more day No one said there would be rain again I won't blame it on myself Yeah, I'll blame it on the weatherman There we go, that's Bewitched and Blame It on the Weatherman Lovely. Don't like it It's a beautiful I song I can't say that I agree with Gina's tastes there I do I don't like either of them Either of those songs. Oh, I thought Bewitched. you meant either of them. There's four in Bewitched, not two of them. I don't know. There's only two of them I don't like. So right. you have to decide yourself, um, which ones I don't like. We're joined now because we're out of time. I know. It's as always. Stupid late. Uh, Rado Isaac's back. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me again. It's all right, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm uh, enjoying the summer. You're enjoying the summer? Enjoying well, it, the summer. It is yeah. June the 10th. Midsummer. It is June the 10th, indeed. <laughs> hey, do you know that today was the day that uh, Les Dawson died, June the 10th, and Rick Mayle died on the 9th, 9th yes. of June? Yeah. He died yesterday. That's anniversary of both their deaths. Mm. Horrible deaths, both yeah. of them. Um, there's my tribute. Okay. So, so. Uh, why why are you enjoying the summer? I don't know. I just uh, I, I don't like winters anymore. Okay. Sorry, it's a weird question, that. Even as I said it, I thought, what a weird question to ask someone. What do you want to say? The why, are you, why are you enjoying it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know why I kind of put my finger on it uh, a couple of days ago? There's no mountains in the UK, so there's no upside of, uh, of winter. There's some, well, there's, some, like, there's well, a few there's mountains. There's the Lake District and the yeah. places like ben that. Ben Nevis, no? Big old hills. Yeah. There's, there's no skiing, it's just like cold and. I don't know. I, well, no. I'm sorry. And it's too sorry. far away. I'm I, sorry I, I that we couldn't provide you closer. skiing. What, you want some mountains in London to go skiing on? Like, Bucharest has mountains two hours away from this it. Is, do you know, this is why oh. I'm anti-immigration. <laughs> because they come over here demanding skiing. <laughs> In, in the capital city, a mountain yeah. to go skiing on. He comes over here, probably on our benefits and stuff, and he comes <laughs> over here and says, I want to go skiing what? in but London. Honest, tell me about like upside of winter here. There's no upside of winter. Nice pubs and with fires in them. So you can go and sit yeah, there I've and have some fire wine. My house. Lovely. Okay. It doesn't give up. It, honestly, it, when it gets cold, it doesn't matter. Okay. So still, I can have a fire in my living room and still be like, I'm still freezing. We do have central heating here as well. Yeah, we've got all that. That's all like nice radiators. <laughs> I, would still, I would still say I enjoyed uh, summer drinking more. Oh, of course. Stop, stop yeah. showing off about the UK now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you'll find. You know what? We've got in the summer, we've got air conditioning as well. We've got, we we've have got, got central heating over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, last time you were here, mm-hmm. I yeah. forgot about this, but that reminded me. There were two things that were going to happen. One was you were we were actually getting to a point where you nearly married Nat, we nearly so you thought could you, stay you, thought you yeah. might have to leave the country, yeah. and then yeah. we thought we may have to get married. Because of Brexit. Yeah, but then you never followed up on it at all. Um, so. Well, I thought you'd be okay, Rado. I thought if you were in peril, you'd come to me, okay. get down on one knee, and say, please marry me, Brexit's about to happen. I, I thought you were just using it as an excuse to actually get married to me. Uh, oh, yeah, because oh, I, I didn't want to come to your... Picking up where they left off. Well, you all said your country was very cheap, didn't you? So it's very cheap to live where you're from, so I was... So I, was, so I thought that's great. It works both ways. But that's, you called, seem- that's called negging that. What she just did there. <laughs> <laughs> she was just, sl- just essentially peripherally slagged you off to make you love her more. 
Yeah. We love Romania. Your country's rubbish. Come no, over here and give us a cheap kiss. Cheap isn't bad. Cheap is good. Cheap, cheap is good, yeah. Cheap yeah. is good. Um, no, cheap. Val- yeah, I, I tell that to all the girls. Value for money. Value for money. Um, but, you know, Brexit hasn't quite happened yet, but you're still here and you seem fine. So it's all it's all good. Have you, you got married? Have you got married? Yeah, no, I haven't gotten married okay. yet. I'm still waiting to see uh, who, who's going to get the uh, leadership of the Tory party and then I'll, I'll look into it. <laughs> what, are you going to marry them? Why? What does it matter? <laughs> I think that, that, that matters a lot on what's... Uh, oh, we see about what's about to happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, then I don't know. So I kind of... What, what, what's your feelings on it? Is there still an insecurity about that? No, not no. at all. I honestly feel like British people are more insecure about it because I don't have that much of a stake in it. Right. It's still right, not okay. 100% my country, so it's... Mm. Yeah. What was the other thing that happened? The swearing. Time? We phoned up at Connor. Yeah, you taught us. something pizza. I remember that. Yeah, pizza. Pizza, which was what? <laughs> uh, vagina. Vagina. But the rude word. Then, yeah. yeah, it means cunt. Okay, pizza. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have that that uh, bad of a connotation as. as what well, is that word? It's, it's, What's that it's word? To do with intent. It's to do with intent. And when giant. I say it, I mean that. Is there a word for the, the other word, the ruder word? C I, word don't, today, I don't think there is. Yeah. A polite nation. But there, Pistra, isn't there it? is a very rude word you can call women, but yeah. What is it? I think the rudest would be cow. Cow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nah, you cow. <laughs> you call me that all the time. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to get on really well in Romania. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> does it mean cow? As in the yeah, animal? it means cow. Yeah, yeah. And that's the translation the of cow. What is it? Is that pizza? Pizza is just the vagina. It's so the word for the cow? vagina. What's cow? Cow is just the, the cow. Cow. So you vaca are, is cow, the cow. cow translates. Yeah. No, no, vaca. Vaca is the vaca. cow. Vaca. Yeah, not you, vaca. Vaca. But I think vaca. <laughs> doesn't feel, doesn't I like feel aggressive it. enough. No, I like it. Cow. It's a very what, polite word. Yeah. What are you doing with your job? Uh, so I'm uh, doing the comedy, which is kind of working out fine. I've started doing like some a lot of European stuff and okay. uh, around Britain, and I'm doing my first awesome. Edinburgh show. Yes, and it sort of feels like uh, it, it it feels like I'm progressing just because I'm doing it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you in good shape with it? Are you? Yeah, happy where it's at? is it written? Have you got have you got the lot done? Uh, it's sort of there. Yeah, I have all the jokes. I don't really have the structures. I have like a bunch of previews coming okay. up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think I have like. An hour and 20 minutes And then I'll just cut it down To an hour in August yeah. But I'm not in a hurry To decide Well it's better to cut down Than have to write up You know it's better. It, it, it definitely is But they both bring Their own stresses You know they both I remember coming in At over two hours On an Edinburgh show once oh. And being like Don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to cut I don't know how to do this so I had, It meant I had a tour show Ready Okay <laughs> But for the actual fringe itself I had to really Condense it and that, story, you know, yeah. that was equally stressful in, from my experience of actually having to write up to the hour. But if you're at an hour and 20, that's healthy. That's a healthy... My plan is to get it down to like an hour and 10 and then every day decide what 10 minutes I don't feel like doing. Well, but yeah, that's good. That's yeah. nice. If you can do that, if you're able to separate that in your head and you're able to work that structure out at, on the hoof, essentially. Yes. Like Nat knows about hoofs because she's <laughs> a vodka. 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 Vodka off. Um, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good thing to do. And so have you, ne- have you never done The Fringe before? I haven't done the full hour, the full... Uh, okay. uh, oh, that's right, you did a package show though, right? I did package right. shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they're yeah. like a work in but progress. This, this is. Uh, we should say it's called Good Excuses for Sociopaths. 
So yeah, you just kill the interview stone dead then. Well, I think that does. No, I, I he like probably w- he Don't like the title? You're regressing the title He probably would have said it himself at some point. Well, you I just, just thought I'd mention it in because you're talking about a show. We don't know what the show's called. We don't know what the show's it. about. I think the best thing to do is keep talking about the title because that's uh, how people are going to remember it. And <laughs> yes, thank you. It, so you good excuses. excuse for a sociopath. Yeah. Um, is, is your show about something? It does have a theme. Is it actual theme? It's show? sort of like it, it, all my bits kind of fit underneath the, the theme. But yeah, the, the theme of the show is I, uh, I like to find good excuses for bad behavior. Okay. Okay. Nice. So, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I don't like to change who I am. I just kind of find an excuse for why I'm like that. Yeah. Yeah. What that sort of sense. bad behavior? I'm gonna say uh, stealing is one of them. What? Just steal? Just like stuff from shops. Do you? Yeah. No. Don't do that. Right? Like they come over here. Right, <laughs> they come over here. They, they want that. to do skiing in the capital, and they steal from all our shops. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> what have you stolen this week? I, I don't. I, I don't really steal that no, much. No, don't. Yeah, definitely don't say what you stolen right, or the shop. What you'll see here. Right? Yeah. Nat has the weirdest overreaction to this. It's not okay. an overreaction if she, you're but you do it regularly to a crime. But it doesn't. We're not. We're not off. It doesn't matter. It, but, it, but we are. No, but that's it's why you're, you're completely incorrect. We're not off con, but we are inhere to the UK law, which yeah, means they're if, not, they're if not you arrest say, you. No, but they they could come for the station. They wouldn't. No, I of course they wouldn't. I you they would. That's they why you have to cut stuff out. It. No. Okay. Well, we don't allow that on it as this station. Someone. But like, it's an odd thing that you get that that worried about. It's not what. Well, it's also worried because I don't know why I'd want to confess to a crime of any magnitude. It's, it's, it's not confession if it's just if it's part of a comedy show so That's I may true. have yeah, done it, it may funny. have not make done it. Make it fictitious as part of your comedy but show. But what happens is I stole a key ring yeah. years ago. Okay. Years and years ago. By okay. the way, beyond what would be prosecutable now anyway. Okay. Right? So yeah, that statute of limitations. So, it's so e- either way I couldn't get done for it now. Anyway. It was, it was yeah. long enough ago for it to happen. And it was minor enough a crime that it was never going to end up in court. Okay. Um, but whenever I bring it up she, like you do because I don't know why you'd want to say like oh shoplifting but other people clever. are noticing not. you doing this and oh, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say how clever I am no but it. I just think it's a weird thing that you'd want to talk about ever and okay. to say like I've been nicking stuff I don't care if people have been picking up on it but it's not gloating but about it I, think I just it's think it's a weird thing to, to it's want better to, to talk adr- about it's better to address it than to actually keep doing it until it becomes a problem yeah. it's like yeah. any other addiction you sort of just talk about it and you kind of keep it under control right Yeah. but it's still and I, I do steal once in a while a little stuff what if you stole what's the, so what's the most recent thing you stole a bottle of wine but like in France that, so that's, that's in France that's, another country that's, that's, that's fine um, if it's in another country as well that's fine okay different rules and and then, and then I killed the shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah. In France, though. In France? <laughs> in France, oh, okay, yeah. Fine, fine. It was in, in France. France. It was in France. In it's France. fine. <laughs> What's the biggest thing you've stolen? What's the biggest crime you've committed? I think that was a, uh, a bit of a drunk driving, but that's it, kind of. A, a, a bit of drunk driving, a bit but of, that's it. But uh, so the, I think the bottle of wine was well, a little bit of more expensive thing. Because I think I'm not impressed by drunk driving. It's a terrible well, no thing to is. do, Randy. Why don't do that? Oh, yeah, I'm not showing about that, but you show about me so stealing a hero's keyring. Like, I was thinking like, okay, we're no more mountains. We're building for you now. If you're have, thinking you genu- <laughs> have, you, have, have you actually? Is this comedy well, show? Have you genuinely done drunk driving? Yeah, but in Romania, ten years ago, it was very much part of the culture. Right. Okay. What's it like there now? Just so I know. If no, it's, it's, uh, it's not. Uh, you don't really get away with it anymore. No, good. Definitely yeah, don't. Yeah. It's a terrible it thing. Was, it, was, it was the same thing here. And yeah, I think it, it still is yeah. the same thing here. And like, I, I gig in small villages and everybody's drunk and then they drive home. Yeah, that's true. That is certainly true. And I, I know where, 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 where I live, yeah. I see people that must be drunk. 
yeah. when, when they're driving. Yeah, you know, because they're in pubs that are far away from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's not. There isn't a high police presence at all. No, I've never no, seen a speed no, camera no, ever, I and I wish there was, that. but yeah. I've never seen one. I think um, the biggest thing is they don't have night tubes everywhere in the world. That's the biggest, it, it, the biggest reason why drunk driving accidents happen. But yeah. but my counter to that would be, well, then just fucking stay at home. Don't you get know, a drink in at home. You know, don't don't put yourself in a situation where you have to get back from somewhere. Well, yeah, but people aren't going to stay at home. Well, then, well, well, we then, can't have it both ways. Well, then they deserve to go to jail. Get a taxi, <laughs> drink out. Drinking out, or just stay in and have get leathered inside your house. I agree with that. I'm appalled by your crimes. Yeah. No. So, um, <laughs> you have to give people mountains and night tubes. Otherwise, no, no, that's that's blaming someone else for your own for, for your own bad behaviour. That's blaming. That's saying, well, why is there not a, a thing ready to take me home? So, well, there isn't. We got Uber. I don't know if you get Uber where you live. Actually, maybe you haven't. But you can have certainly. Can, mate, I can't get taxis. Right, where I was going to say you can you can pre-book a taxi in the country. So I'm going to be picked I up here. Eleven. Da, 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 da. It's an extra twenty quid. Where I am? Oh, is it Just really? to book it. Yeah. Well, also the, the tube thing doesn't really work because we only really have tubes in big cities. So where you live, the, the nearest tube to you would be how many miles away? It's in London. Tube isn't it? station. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking like, it's quite a long way to go. Well, I can get on a night tube only as far as yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Heathrow. But then also, like, uh, little villages don't really have that many pedestrians, so it's not as dangerous to drink, drink and drive. Yeah, oh, no, it is. It's just the, dangerous on, to, mm, the, to the person doing it. Other motorists. It's dangerous to other motorists. Yeah. It's dangerous to anybody who's living in a house nearby because they could end up ploughing through someone's living room. Well, they're very well badly lit, the roads, so if you are walking... They are very well badly do, lit. Well, badly lit. <laughs> no, but I've also had, and actually do know someone who did hit somebody on a country lane, okay. and it's kind of because they did and I was appalled by it but because they thank god the person didn't die but obviously they weren't in full control there's no like lights on a lot of the country roads right and they just did hit somebody if there is mm -hmm. if there is a road that is used by civilization, there is always a risk no matter what time or day it is that civilization will be on it absolutely like that it wouldn't just be you on that road which is yeah exactly that is true but the risk no, is no way buts, lower no than any sort doesn't of street matter. in London. Doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter. The risk of dying from an ecstasy, t- ecstasy tablet is very low, but it can happen. Ergo, they should be illegal. Mm, they are. No, I'm, I'm oh, saying. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's a low risk. Yeah, doesn't yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that doesn't mean people shouldn't do ecstasy. I'm, I'm not, people can do what they want. Do what you like. Yeah, but know the risks when you're doing it. Um, yeah, exactly. But I don't apply that to drunk driving because drunk driving impacts on other people as well. Yeah, that taking true. an ecstasy tablet is just right. it's your own life in your hands. It's yeah, yeah, it's like selling ecstasy if you're if you're drinking and driving. Totally different. Right. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is. I'm glad we've come to that consensus <laughs> finally. We're about to debate it. Well, Romania sounds lawless. Jesus Christ, what's going on in that? What can you carry a gun in Romania? Is that yeah. all right? I don't think you, you need a permit. You need a permit. Uh, okay. Yeah. But how easy is it to get a permit? Just go down to the market store and get one. I don't think so. No, you kind of have to. I think there's an asso- association. I think right. if your dad has a okay. permit, then it's very easy for you to get a permit. What about a sword? I think yeah, I think that's what the sword that's fairly fairly uh, popular in Romania. <laughs> like all the gangs, okay. they do have the swords. Do they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have like a sword fight, and it's all it's all the culture of like you know the Japanese culture yeah, of the swords. Yeah. So they just kind of nick that culture and feel like they're. Uh, so it's it's samurai inspired without having the respect of of the of the actual samurai culture. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what you're portraying from Romania is people are walking around with samurai swords, it's drink, drink, it's drink driving, it's and they're climbing up mountains all the time. But yeah. that's good and bad. Going for a ski. It's not the same person. We have a layered society as well. Oh, so we have okay. the middle class going okay. skiing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, class maybe someone could invent a sword that doubles up as skis. <laughs> <laughs> so like a really wide sword. 
that you can, you can have it for all, you, all your, your gang stuff. You can take yeah, it out yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. if you fancy going for a ski afterwards, just pop it on. You'd have to have two though, really, wouldn't you? You need, you definitely need on both feet. You, you could, could uni ski. I think you need like four, because uh, you have like the, the pointy part of the sword. Right. Uh, you need like true. two of them to make a ski. Okay. Yeah, so it's true. It's a lot of swords that you're going to take to go. I don't think this idea is going to work. Making, we're making this hard for ourselves, aren't we? I'm not sure that we should enter the apprentice Romania. No, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think I've got a good idea. They're not going to put money in. Uh, are you excited about Edinburgh? Are you dreading it? No, I honestly am excited. It's <laughs> it's so nice to have something to look forward to. So yeah, I'm uh, just I'm in life generally. Don't just think you can't go skiing, by the way. I think in Edinburgh either. Is there skiing in yes, Edinburgh? There is. Oh, there, there is. is. Yes, well, that's there nice. Is. Uh, I no, looked into it. It's not amazing. But it's but it's better than nothing. I think yeah. I think you honestly can find better skiing in Portugal than than Edinburgh. No, there's a there's a proper ski slope in Edinburgh. Yeah, he wants a mountain. It's the, it's the first one I ever went on. You want you want a mountain. You can though, see don't it you? as you're driving out of the city. You can see it quite clearly up a mountain. It's a it. small one. You, you, it takes you like three minutes to go down. Relatively, yeah, yeah. But I uh, I saved someone's life there once. Okay. When well, I was in scouts. I'm, I'm gonna say that he was not that much in danger. He really was. <laughs> it was a little kid was tumbling, and I zoomed down and caught him as he was tumbling, and then I became part of the fall. Okay. And I protected him. I was about like yeah. ten or eleven. Okay. And I did it, and everyone hailed me a hero that day. I mean, if I saw a video of it now, if one existed, I'd probably be like, oh, it's not how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the time, it did feel like I was properly saving a child from certain death. That's okay. nice. That's nice yeah. of you. Yeah. That's that was really on the Edinburgh cool. ski slope. So you, you are allowed one drink driving accident now? I wasn't drunk. Oh, no, at but 10, because I hope you were not when you were on a ski slope at 10. But because it's you saved the person's life, now you're... Uh, the, I would you, say I've got karma, I've got karma uh, points. Yeah, you have karma uh, points. I, I simply wouldn't have a drink and drive. Like, I, I just simply wouldn't. It's not in my... Yeah. It's nowhere near my thought process, that. I just, oh, yeah, I just I wouldn't, wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it as well. You've admitted to it. Yeah, you've said it. I have it. done yeah, it because that was part of the culture. No, that doesn't make it all right. Well, does it not? Just because it's part of the culture, you know the difference between right and wrong. And it seems, rather, if, if we're going to have anything in closing towards your Edinburgh show promotion, that you don't know the difference between right and wrong, well, and you should say that on your press release. And it doesn't yeah. say on the press release. So I'm very cross about that. Well, it does well I say. think that, I think this is the show. Basically, I don't know the difference between right and wrong. Okay. Fine. Well, then in that case, well, you promoted it very, very it. well. <laughs> well, good excuses for Sergio Pass is at oh, sorry, from the first to the twelfth, and then the fourteenth, you get a couple of days off to the twenty-fifth of August. £5 for tickets. Go to just the tonic. I'll pay what you want. Oh, I'll pay. Oh, I'll pay what you want, okay. Just a tonic. And a bunch of previews in London or Liverpool or Ludlow Fringe or New York yep. Fringe. So, whatever you are, okay. uh, I have previews. But they can find you. Yeah, I have like a website and everything. What's your website? Uh, RaduIsaac.com. Yeah. Perfect. Everything's on there. Yeah. Thanks for Batman. Yes, you. thank Honestly, you. Honestly, thanks for having me. Absolute and, pleasure, uh, sir. Next time we'll, we're going to talk about true things. About what things? True oh, things. just mm, no, no, so, don't, don't okay. try and retrospect <laughs> on the uh, Thanks to Chico as well. Thanks to Gina Dawson for coming in. We shall see you again next week. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>